Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hey everybody, welcome guys and gals to another episode of The Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? I'm Josh Lee Kwai. And we're joined today by... Matthew Arnold. <laughs> it's very Show me a bit of life there, Matt. Yeah. Matthew Arnold. <laughs> oh, good, good difference. Uh, <laughs> if you've heard Matt's name before, Matt is the co-creator, uh, co-director, co-everything of video game High School. Woot woot. Fantastic web series. Which just yep. came out yesterday. Yes, it just came out yesterday. We are 100% done, <laughs> and we're recording this after it came out. It's great. At the time of recording so this, relieved. Matt yeah. has spent probably three consecutive weeks sleeping at the office now completing it. I slept it. home once. I have a lot to make up for. Yeah, well, you know <laughs> what? Girlfriend. You're releasing fiance. Fiance. You're releasing many hours of content. Uh, hopefully that will make up for it. <laughs> <laughs> we've said, we've talked about Video Game High School quite a bit on the podcast. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. but... Well, Jimmy is one of the main stars. I don't know if we've actually said that. If you don't, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Yeah, they're like, why are you guys talking about this? Jimmy is, is, in, it. Yeah, is in, it. in it, and he's one of the main characters. Um, and the show is fantastic. I say this every week. I'll say it again. If you have not watched it yet, go watch it. Yeah, there's no reason not to watch it. Yeah, it's a totally awesome show. I say that with no bias. It's just fantastic. <laughs> you guys would all enjoy it. It's literally the biggest web series. Yeah. Period. That's it. End of sentence. The biggest web series. Yeah. I guess so. And there's some sweet advertisements right now running around like New York and Chicago and LA. So it's pretty exciting. I know. I saw some like um, somebody tweeted out like some um, some buses. Yeah. There's buses. There's like a whole train station takeover, which I think happens next week. Um, yeah. YouTube realized that they had the show and they were like, hey, we should like advertise it. So <laughs> YouTube put up a whole bunch of billboards in Chicago, New York, and LA. Well, I can't thank them enough because... Making my dream come true of having my big ugly mug plastered everywhere. You must be so excited. Jimmy loves the spotlight. Yeah, I'm so excited about the Dude, spotlight. Dude, it's pretty cool. It yeah. is pretty cool. I mean, yeah. it's pretty freaking cool. It is cool. <laughs> You're on billboards in like you guys New are York City. You're listening to a podcast by yeah. a famous person. Yeah. Wow. This is a podcast from a famous person. How's that feel, Jimmy? <laughs> right now, I'm staring at a famous person. <laughs> We're all looking at famous people. I'm looking at myself. Uh, speaking of. Uh, moving on. Say he was looking at you, Matt. <laughs> I know. I was looking. Matt, you could be someday. Maybe. 
I think you have that potential. Matt um, was on Conan O'Brien like a couple uh, months yeah, ago. That's he right. is famous. You and are I'm, famous. I'm just that guy with Freddie. I'm like the I'm like the Stephen Merchant. You of the Ricky stole Gervais the show Stephen on Merchant. Conan. What are you talking about? <laughs> when? Yeah, you had that on very Conan? nice intimate yeah. moment. Oh, yeah, when you I, gave him direction. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. Funny. <laughs> they were, probably, but still, again, it was probably like that guy with Freddie was pretty funny. Like that's the that'll be, but that's you know I don't like being in front of the camera, so I just slip away. I don't it's know okay. if our even our audience like most of them even know who Freddie is. Yeah, they're, they're magic players. <laughs> they're magic players. That's right. Uh, look up Freddie Wong, also Jimmy's brother. <laughs> yeah, who's, they're both kind of a big deal on YouTube. We've uh, done some yeah, internet so, shenanigans. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some show shenanigans, though. We oh, have yes. a good show today. Um, so we're gonna talk. We about, got winner, winner, winner. Yeah, we got some chicken dinner winners here uh, for the contest giveaways. We also have a. Uh, we're gonna talk about Prosh Sky Raider of Kerr. We're also gonna be talking about engaging in the just the general idea of multiplayer games because Matt is a huge board game fanatic. Uh, he's you're the kind of the person that reignited my love and interest for all things like all multiplayer. Things. <laughs> <laughs> all things Jimmy's life. <laughs> <laughs> all things multiplayer. All things board mm-hmm. games. All that. All that good stuff. Uh, we have a huge board game collection here in the office. You may have seen it in some of the behind the scenes videos. Um, and a lot of those are card games as well. But like you're you're kind of the reason that I started playing Magic again because mm-hmm. I walked into Next Gen and you were sitting there opening packs and I was like, uh oh, I sense. A great disturbance in the force. <laughs> yeah, I sense the exact need to do the exact same. That's thing. partially true. I think got the, but you got you got the chicken before the egg there, because what happened is we started playing board games. I mean, you would be the only ones that played board games. We started playing like Race for the Galaxy, and Dominion. then we got a little bit of Netrunner. We were playing a, quite a bit of Lord of the Rings, um, living card game by by Fantasy Flight, and we just could never convince anybody else to play games with us. It was yep. always just the two of us, and then like. Is we moved into the office and like we had some new employees and like Josh came on and like Eli started working here and like just a bunch of people who played Magic worked and then one day it's the other way around one day I came in oh that's and right. you were just like we're playing Magic now Matt <laughs> <laughs> like, like let me like, just like, inform like, you it's gonna be way easier to join everybody else playing Magic yeah. than trying to getting than trying to get everybody else to play the other board games I think I was big was uh, yeah I was yeah, big influencer was, on the Magic yeah. it was train. definitely because I remember like a, after I was like playing Magic I went in and just bought like a fat pack and like a few boxes, <laughs> like a few, like a few right. just booster packs. And then I think that night I just sent an email to Josh and all I said was the F word. And just like, <laughs> no, like, just, it was like, screw you guys. I just bought magic cards. Yeah. It was just like, it was like, <laughs> screw, you, dude. screw you. I hate you. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I've been pretty addicted. Uh, I remember since. that email because I danced uh, a little jig. Yeah. I was like, got him. Yeah, yeah. I remember when you got, got back into it too, because we were talking about commander and you're like, I want to build a commander deck. I want to brew one. And then the next, like, three days later, you had, like, two decks. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Commander that got me into it. I didn't play yeah. anything else for a while. You guys were playing a Commander game, and Craig let me borrow a deck. Oh, right. Yeah, so Commander is what got me back into it as well. Uh, so we'll be talking a lot about just uh, sort of continuing on our politics negotiation podcast, because a lot of you guys uh, liked sort of the discussion there. But before we start anything else, let's talk about who won the contest giveaway. Winner, 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 Woo-hoo! winner, winner, winner. So we had you guys post your top 10 favorite uh, or you, what you considered to be the strongest red cards on the comments on Rocket Jump. We had over 100 entries. Awesome. So the three winners are Justin Banks, Madison Gibbons, and JB Moscow. Congratulations! Congrats, guys. Why, um, how did they win? Did they do something good or was it just luck? It was random. Okay. So, I mean, but, you, you guys are lucky. 
<laughs> Congrats. I'm being lucky. Comparatively, though, last week uh, we did Reddit, and uh, people there was like over 500 entries on that, and this week it was only over 100. So the chances of winning free stuff are significantly higher. And uh, tune in at the end of the episode. We'll talk about how yeah, the, to— Yeah, the uh, next contest, the, I'd stuff. say the percentages are going to be even uh, more even, in your favor. Yeah, May the exactly. odds be ever more in your favor. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for uh, your continued patronage of the show. Um, you will be rewarded. Yeah, they're going to get some, what, booster packs? Booster packs. Uh, Playmats. Playmats. Funko Pop figures. Funko Pop figures. <laughs> Matt will say your name on air, uh, and he'll say he'll come up with something Bob. nice. Yep. One of the winners has to be Bob now. <laughs> we'll find a Bob. Uh, if so, you're Bob, definitely join the co- like. Definitely, yeah. sign, if, if your name is Bob, one, uh, definitely please enter. Yeah, definitely you enter. You have a good chance. Uh, yeah, so we'll we'll be announcing all that stuff at the end of the podcast. But until then. Let's just dive right into our main topic. Let's talk about Matt a little bit. Let's talk about your history with board games, uh, and let's talk about sort of engaging in multiplayer games in general. Yeah, it's a question we got, or a comment maybe we got a lot mm-hmm. on Reddit, was like, because Commander is such a unique format to Magic, and it's so much more like a board game than mm-hmm. other formats of Magic. And so like taking the experiences from board games and other games you've played is like really important, because dealing with more than one person that you're squaring off against, yeah. it gets really intricate as far as like the politics and sort of the social aspect of the game. So, you know, you got a lot of experience with that. Mm-hmm. We and, there's, thought- and there's different kinds of games, too. Like Monopoly, you're not really doing that much interaction with your neighbors. Uh, but, you know, a different game like Dominion, also, you're not really interacting as much. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you are, but, you Multiplayer know. Multiplayer solitaire is what people Yeah, exactly. But Magic definitely isn't that. But I think there are, like, lessons to be learned from all those different games that you can apply retroactively to Magic that mm-hmm. makes you a better player in general. So... I mean, when you're approaching a game of Commander, like, what's sort of one of the first things that you're thinking about when you when you sit down at the table? You know, besides, like, oh, man, I hope I draw a good opening hand. Yeah. But are you sizing people up? Are you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean I, I think I mostly just play with you guys. So, I mean, I think we... I think there was one time where I said I purposely just go after Jimmy because Jimmy's like <laughs> Jimmy's like the most smiley, like nice dude. And, like, there's this cynical side of me that, like, uh. if I can get Jimmy to be upset... Then like I just know that the world's an equal place and everybody has like an evil side to them. So like and like things just work out for Jimmy. So it's like I really just want to get like I really just want to get Jimmy. It's not because I'm the biggest threat at the table, or you know. No, I'm... sometimes it is, but like it's like I want to appeal to that because I think it's also because we played so much together. I can appeal yeah. to your emotional side. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean definitely politics is something, and it's fun because you know I'll I'll kind of um, uh, kind of stalk the the various like Reddit forums and stuff. I don't really. Um, post in like Netrunner or Magic and things like that, but I'll read stuff and it's always kind of fascinating to me. Like when Conspiracy came out, I was reading mm-hmm. all the a lot of the comments. It was fascinating to me, but like how many people were just upset at like the idea of I had the best deck and then all three people teamed up against me and I lost. Like the game sucks. Uh-huh. And my thought was like, dude, you have social problems. Like, like, <laughs> like, like that's, well, I, and that's, also, a, that's like, a part of the game now. Like that's you like, also yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. You don't intrinsically understand the game if you think that the strength of your deck is actually the deciding factor or yeah. should be. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. It's like the thing I like about social games is that there's definitely something really fun about building decks. Like that's one reason we all we all play it: collecting decks, building decks. Like there's a lot of aspects of Magic that's fun. Um, but if there's no if there's no like social interaction or no kind of di- you know diplomacy for me, I might as well just build a deck, run it through a generator, and just see statistically if my deck's the best. You know, yeah. it's like because there's, yeah. there's a certain point where it's like. 
oh, I want the best deck to win. It's like, then why even play with people? Like, just just build it and then be like, this is the best. Like, <laughs> right. run it and statistically I'll win 70% right. of the time. Like, right, that's no right. fun. Like, that's why good games always have some sort of randomness or some sort of luck involved. Like, the best mm-hmm. games are the ones where they put you in situations where the outcome is not in your favor and you have to kind of pull outside the game circle to make something to allow you to win, whether it's right. like doing something like dip- diplomatic, or whether it's like finding, like, like thinking about an obscure like rule or whatever it is, um, you know, it's like that's that's what they say. Like the the way you tell the best golfers are not the guy who can just like hit it off the fairway onto the green. It's like the guys who can you know have the ball behind a tree and find a way to get it out. Right, right. they're eking out small advantages and that's what in luck a lot does. of different mm-hmm. areas. Yeah, I was saying in sports, right? It, the saying is. That's why we play the games. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, if you just lined up and looked at everybody's statistics, then you wouldn't have to play. But it doesn't play out according to the statistics yeah, every yeah. time. That's fun. why you play the games. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. if your deck is supposed to be better than everybody else's, that's why you play the game. Yeah. And yeah. it just means you didn't play the game well. Right. Like, exactly. You, there are two steps of the game. They're building the deck and then playing it. You are a good deck builder if you statistically built the best deck, but you're yeah. just not good at the game. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, I mean, that's the big thing about like Magic's all about a lot of small decisions that sort of add up over the course of time. Mm-hmm. See, so, I think I'm much better at playing the game than I am at building a deck. Like, we were right. just like, I'm like, my project deck is done. And then, like, and then, like, within like, 13 cards, I'm like, these are bad cards. Like, how did I not notice these before? But, right. um, but I'll, I'll manipulate a lot, like, and I'll and I'll play the game pretty hard in, in Commander. Um, and there's a lot of ways to right. play it, like, and even like using my newbie status is like a good way, yeah, to, to, yeah. to play it. Yeah, um, yeah. You hide behind, like, oh, I don't really know what these cards I don't really do. Know, I'm just or like, I don't team up on me. I'm like, I'm gonna kill all you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> what I was gonna say, because you say, oh, my strategies just go after Jimmy. Yeah, that's a cover. Like he's yeah. playing the game right now because yeah. I know you, Matt. Like you, yeah. you want to win, and I yeah. can see it in your eyes. And you'll use the oh, I'm just gonna go after Jimmy as a cover. <laughs> exactly. Of like, yeah. Because exactly. then everybody's like, how oh, that is funny. Maybe we should all go after Jimmy. And get Jimmy upset. I'm like, yeah, but I'm t- I'm really coming after all yeah, you guys. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's that's the to me that's a lot of the fun of the game, which I totally get. Like that not being the appeal for some people, but. You know, I think that's why EDH is, you know, I think that's why I like EDH. So, you know, we've been talking about getting the standard. And, again, I like the deck building aspect of it. But um, and it's just so much more interesting to go up against group dynamics than it is just one-on-one. Yeah. And it's, it, especially because it's an internal format, the, every deck you ever go against is you're never going to see the same deck twice. Yeah. You'll see similar archetypes, but it's very Well, and different. what that does is it makes it less about the cards. Yeah. yeah. It, it takes, you know, some of the spotlight off the cards. I mean, you're never going to go all the way away from it. Yeah. But it puts it more on, like, your personality, your... Yep. Your ability mm. socially to sort of interact and mani- yeah. manipulate or whatever, yeah, you know, and that's that's great, especially when you're newer to the game. Yeah. Even when you're not, though, is just taking some emphasis off the cards because, I mean, let's be honest, like like you said, you don't want it to go to like whoever is willing to spend the most money. They just win every yeah. time, yeah, you know, and that's not. I'm I'm not saying that's what magic is at all yeah. levels of play, but it can have that aspect to it. Yeah, and I think EDH is more dangerous than kind of getting to that point, just because it has so many. It has essentially it. Almost every card you can use. There's only a few mm-hmm. that are banned, and um, because you only have one per one card per at deck, a time, yeah. and it's a hundred, the randomness of your deck, like the consistency of your deck, is essentially nothing. Right. Like even you know you can get a few tutors in there, but that's still at the end of the day, it's like I could play my Prosh deck like 20 times, and like it'll be almost completely. You'll never different. draw the same. Yeah, it'll be of cards. it'll yeah. be completely yeah. different. Like yeah. that's why you have to do redundancy of your cards um, to kind of simulate the idea of having three or four cards at a time. Yep. EDH is definitely a game that can be like a card gets played and a guy wins. So <laughs> if that's the way it works, you have to use other things to maybe make him not play that card. Like, like just like yep. pressure him, you know, socially, or like, yeah. or promise something else, or make him think that if he does it, something else will happen. Yeah, threat of removal. I remember, I remember that. the situation we were playing. 
playing, and maybe you guys already talked about this before. Yeah, we, the... we mentioned it, Cryptic Command. Yeah, yeah. And I was going nuts because, like, everyone was just letting Jimmy say he was going to play Cryptic Command. I was like, guys, that's the same as him playing it every time. Yep. If you don't do something because he threatens you to play it, he's played it. And it happened, like, four turns in a row. D just kept saying, like, oh, never mind, I won't play. He's going to use Cryptic Command. I'm like, he just did. <laughs> he, got, he, he played it for yep, free because yep. he did. Because you didn't do anything. It's the same effect yep. as if you had played it, and now yeah. he's going to do it next turn also. Yep. And 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 D, I don't think is that social of a gamer like as much. So like he was just like, oh, you know, I don't I don't want that effect to happen to me. I'm like, but Jimmy's just running the field right well, now. Well, it's Jimmy... also understanding the nature of multiplayer, which is like D doesn't want to be the guy. He, why would he do that when the next person could get their spell? Counter? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So and that's the thing. You don't want to be. It's like you're looking around. And they're like, "Well, there's four of us. Yeah, one of us is going to have their spell countered. I don't want it to be me. I'll let it be yeah. one of you three dudes." But then the next step is to use that to make yourself the martyr. Yeah, and and make and then take the spotlight off there, you. Be like, yeah, see, yeah. see yeah. You, it, it's like you're right. You don't want to be the guy to waste your card on his cryptic command. But one, you could be calling his bluff because it may not be the card he actually wants to counter. Yeah, because yeah. like you may know that Josh has a better card. And two, it's like, all right, guys, I'm going to play it. He's I'm using his cryptic command. Remember that, and people are like, oh, right, you know, maybe I won't kill Matt next turn because he got rid of the yeah. Cryptic and command. actually, I really like that because it's like you've got to do something. Yeah, you have to do it anyway. Yeah, something. So has now to I better get some equity for it, and that <laughs> yeah. equity can be social. Yeah, absolutely. It can be like, okay, you don't, you know, people feel like they owe you a little bit, or they're yeah. they're going to give you a little bit more leeway, and yeah. that's super powerful. I don't think people use it enough in EDH. Yeah. It's like whenever you're doing anything in a multiplayer game. You need to be framing it for everybody in yeah. the way that's most advantageous for you. So it's like if I'm attacking somebody, then I need to tell everybody why I'm attacking that person yeah. in a way that yeah. like sometimes it's just like I have to attack with this guy because it makes him bigger. Yeah. And you have the most life, so it hurts you the less. So I'm yeah. gonna attack you. I'm a you. good guy. I'm being a good guy to do yeah. this. I'm not trying of, to yeah. kill you. Yeah. Never mind I'm yeah. trying to win the game in the end. <laughs> yeah. You know, but that's just another thing. I'm gonna do something. Yeah. But instead, you know, I've seen a lot of players, you know, we played just the other night and we played with um one of the co-hosts of the Masters, Masters of Modern, Modern yeah. podcast, and his name's uh, Glenn. Glenn Jones, and he's played on the Pro Tour. Yeah, he's you know he's super Spike. Yeah, like you know he, he always tries to win, and you know we're playing uh, a conspiracy draft format with a bunch of chaos stuff in there. Anyway, so he's got a one-one out like really early, and he's just looking around. He just attacks somebody. Doesn't say anything. Just attacks somebody. Yeah, and it's like that's what spikes do, man. Yeah, they just yeah. attack, yeah. and it's like. For one damage, yeah, you just made that person so that as soon as they get something out, they're going to come yeah. at you. And all you had to do was be like, I got to attack with this yeah. guy because of X, Y, Z. And then maybe he doesn't come after well, you. Well, what I like about yeah. Commander is that, you know, there's the, like, that guy, like, in Standard, he will always win. And yeah. if he played against a bunch of other spikes, um, he, he would win. But there's, like, because Kessler's like that, right? Yeah. And there's nothing more fun than if you play the social game. You can beat them because yep. you because yep. you know exactly what their move is a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Because they don't make any different move. They're going right. to maximize. And once you know what their deck is, and once you know how they're going to play, it's like, well, it doesn't matter what I say. He's going to play this. So then it's about making Jimmy like attack him also. Yeah. And it's about getting everybody else against that guy. Um, and the spikes are always like totally bewildered by it. They're like, why did I win? Why is everybody attacking me? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the heck's going on? It's like that doesn't make sense. They should attack him because he's the better. He's yeah. the more dangerous. I'm like, yeah, it's, but you're acting like a dick, so we're all attacking you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, That's yeah. the thing. It's like, yeah, at a certain point, everyone's reacting socially. Not they're not yeah. reacting to like 
that yeah. this guy played a card, yeah. but he did it really quietly, and you were attacking everybody for four turns, so they don't even care. They're just coming at yeah. you. Yeah, I think that's like why it's fun because like you know playing so like Prosh is a, is a commander who's kind of like a nuclear bomb, right? So like there's different types of commanders, and some of them can be like really subtle, and they kind of just like help you out. And then there's ones that are Prosh where it's like you put it out and you've essentially made a statement like, yeah, I'm gonna win this turn. Yeah, or, or <laughs> I'm gonna do or, something. I'm gonna mess up everybody. So to have to be like the guy who is like kind of manipulating and like not making everybody look at you but also playing prosh is like that's like what's re- like that's why i love my prosh deck like and same thing both same thing with Kali. Kali is the same way i play yeah. both decks where it's like once i put my commander out everybody's gonna look at me and be like we're all gonna kill you now because <laughs> like yeah. if you put Kalia out you're clearly going to swing and put out you know the, gi- the, the dragon who gives you the second turn so yeah. then you swing again and put out another guy and then put out avacyn and then you're all invincible and you win so it's like can i convince you guys that that's not happening yeah. when, like can i literally roll the nuclear bomb into the land and just say like guys i'm not going to use it what are you talking about look at jimmy and like that's the th- that's like that's what's fun to me yeah so that's yeah that's why i love prosh fortunately you can like the more people you add into the equation the dumber the group mentality is oh like, yeah the group brain well, gets smaller the more people that well, are that's, why so, that's also the same on the same note that's also why i love playing with somebody like kessler because it's so much easier to play prosh or kalia if i can point at kessler oh yeah like i, I if, find the same thing if, Every- I, if i'm playing prosh i'm gonna go infinite next turn i can still be like dude guys like yeah i have prosh whatever like my you, you know my deck i have like 10 bad but cards guy plays- kessler's perfect he's yeah. all foils <laughs> yeah. like look at this guy that deck's like ten thousand dollars like attack him i'm not gonna do anything and then you guys are like you're right and then i'm like avison you're all dead you're like oh, beep sorry oh, beep. i'll get used to it yeah, yeah, that's pretty much how it happens. It's easy too, is because it's also like someone like Kessler creates prior history for being a spike in Commander specifically yeah. because you played against him before, or like he was the person that taught me and he was the one that beat me when he taught me. <laughs> yeah. So I'm never gonna forget that that it wasn't <laughs> yeah. he, he wasn't like in it to teach me to be like let's all play together. I'm gonna let you win this first one. It's like let's all play together. I'm gonna beat you to show you what it means to lose. <laughs> yeah. He's like the kung fu master who like yeah, hits exactly. your hand every time you do something. Well, wrong. that's the thing about spikes is you know they're just going to kill you as soon as they can every time. Yeah. You know, and so if they can kill you, they will kill you. Yeah. Which forces you into the mode of like a lot of times, like I gotta kill them. Yeah. Because yeah. they will show me no mercy. Yeah. They Whereas like I'm looking you. at Jimmy, I'm looking at you, Matt, yeah. and it's like, yeah, sometimes those guys yeah. dirtle around a little bit. Sometimes they, <laughs> yeah. sometimes they can kill me, but they don't. Yeah. yeah. Like Jimmy may have an infinite and be like, but that's a boring way to win tonight. Like I'd yeah. rather. Yep. Try this card, like, and that's you know, we'll be in the same situation. Where it's like I've played um, that statement that I would make to myself sometimes because I have I've been like I could, but let's do this. Yeah, would make a spike's head explode. Yeah, because it's <laughs> like again because I can't I don't take I'm not saying EDH isn't like a, a, a well like designed game, but I don't take the winning aspect of it like super seriously because again as we talked about like it's not the same consistency like right. it's it's Sometimes a, it's, it's essentially a 10,000 card pool like it's an impossible to balance game design you know it's like it's just insane like it's a ton of fun so like i i treat it in that way i treat it in like there's some strategy the deck building's fun the deck building's fun in almost like a collectible sort of way where it's like really like you want to build like a fun deck but at the end of the day it's like you know it's like resistance or something like it's a lot of like Manipulating with people and playing a fun game and seeing what you can make happen, you know. Yeah, I I think too though, like in the end, like being that way, like not just killing everybody when you can every time, like as soon as possible, is over the long term actually raises your percentage chance of winning the game. Yeah, because they're not gonna come after you right away. They they don't. You don't get meta. You don't get like, oh, he he just destroyed us the last six times. So let's just like without even thinking, everybody, let's just kill him every time (laughs) now. You know, it's like in uh, in poker. I used to play a ton of poker, and there's what we call rocks in mm-hmm. poker, and these are players that like they never come into a pot, they never come into a hand unless they have awesome cards, yeah. right? 
Well, what the problem with that is like every time one of the rocks at the table and they're really easy to notice, every time they raise into a pot, you're like, Fold. that guy's got pocket aces. Fold. Yeah. yeah. And then they're always like, man, every time I get a good hand, nobody was willing to bet into me. <laughs> yeah, so yeah dude, because you don't give any <laughs> action. Yeah. You don't yeah. get any of the action when you have a, a not so good hand. Yeah. You're, so you're giving it away. We know you don't have a good hand. Exactly. So yeah. I'm not going to give you any action. I'm just going to fold and you're going to make the minimum you would with those pocket yeah. aces. Whereas like me, I come in with all kinds of crappy hands. Yeah. And then it's like people see me turn over like, you know, an 8-7 offsuit to win that pot and they're like, that guy plays crap. And he raised coming into that hand. Yeah. And so next time I have pocket aces and I raise, they don't put me on aces. They go, yeah. that guy will raise with anything. <laughs> yeah. And then you can actually win real money. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's the same thing in EDH. Like if you just play hardcore like that all the time. You can, like you can win time, real money in EDH? <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Hey, don't gamble. Don't gamble, kids. <laughs> don't gamble. Don't gamble. Don't gamble. Um, yeah. So, Matt, what do you think is the ideal number of people in an EDH game? Yeah. I think, like, three to four. I mean, I think I like four more than three because three is, like, the amount of social dynamics is pretty minimum. And almost a three-person game, you almost essentially will always get, like, a 2v1 yeah. sort of yep. mentality. Unless, like, or 1v1 and the other guy just sitting there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like, four – I think – so, like, five is, like, a magical number to me for, like, most multiplayer games. The only problem with EDH versus, like, other kind of uh, social games is that there's just so much to keep track of. Like, five, four people, like, you yeah, know, within, the board state within so seven turns on, in EDH, you're going to have, like, 14 cards that all have, like, a novel on them. And it's, like, <laughs> and even if you know cards, sometimes you have to be like, what the? Like, there are times where we were just playing, I'm like, wait, his card just makes every land he does. Oh, crap, I didn't know he had that. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. it can be a lot. So I think four is probably my favorite. But, like, if it's, like, a good night and you haven't drunk a lot and you're kind of, like, it's your first <laughs> game, like, five, five can be really fun. It's just, like, you definitely have to be, like, in it. Like, otherwise... There's so many times that we played five person games where it's like I just totally did not realize like you yeah know, you literally Tiki ignore was out or something like yeah. crazy I was like yeah. oh crap okay he's gonna win now yeah um, yeah I think I think uh, three is a pretty bad number yeah. because uh, it's usually is one v one and and whoever is not involved in one v one wins because they sit there let the other two people they use the cards off. and then they just kill whoever's left yeah. yeah. Uh, four is awesome. Yeah. Five's pretty good. Six is too much. Yeah, six is getting too much. What you usually have to do with six is you either have to split into three v three or yeah. like or, three headed giant or two v two v two. Yeah, which is the three person <laughs> problem again. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I I really believe four it's or five because conspiracy does five right. Four conspiracy to five. was four designed five. by five people. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. five is a really. It, it's there's something about once you get five people in social dynamics really work in like the right way because even like four it's very easy for people to get like two v two yeah right. yeah um, or again you it's in a weird way you also get like essentially a triangle where people are competing and one person can be out whereas five it's like there are individual five there's enough people, there's enough layers there's individual yeah. vendettas you know yeah. like two people can be in a vendetta and there's still three other players so it's not like they've left out somebody. And that can you can kind of have all these different circles. Um, it's well, and five points. player, I feel like if you're having an individual vendetta with somebody, you don't automatically lose. Yeah, because something yeah. else can be happening on the other side of the table. There can be that two you're versus one over in. there, also. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. It, again, it's just and then it allows it allows the, a lot of shifts of somebody like, hey, that guy's against you. I'll help you out. Like with him, if you help me against these two guys, and then all of a sudden they're angry at each other. So it shifts. Well, and also that other person may go, you know what? Instead of teaming up with those other three person, I actually have a better chance of winning if I team up with the one guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. So you know, you're and very so, unlikely to get in those like 
like kind of lopsided situations with five people. And two v three, you have a chance to win that fight. Yeah, it's not two v one. You don't. They're yeah. twice as powerful yeah. as you. Yeah, and, and if they're only fifty percent as powerful as you, yeah, you, or more powerful, then you have a shot. Especially yeah. in EDH, where like again, one card can essentially win the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how do you feel about alliances? At the table, you know, this is something that's come up a lot. Uh, I see it on Reddit all mm. the time, which is like, "What's allowed in your play group for for alliances?" And we don't, we've never discussed What's it. Allowed? We don't have, yeah, yeah like people well, have people decide like, at the table. That's the point of the yeah, whole yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. how I feel. Like people want a lot of rules to be yeah. created, and for me, it's like you have a play group. Yeah. So what is comfortable for your play group? Like it's not yeah. a competitive format. You're not at a tournament. Yeah. You're not winning lots of money. Like, yeah. You know, like you are in poker. Yeah. Again, I think it's the same problem. It's like if they're asking like what's allowed, it's like you've already kind of broken the social rule and you're trying to like write a rule book of you're trying to make alliances a rule. Uh-huh. And once it's a rule, it's no longer like a social game. It's right. It's just another the other players are now just tokens or they're just dice. There's just another thing that there's a rule about. And it's like, well I can once I say I ally with him, I can't break that alliance. It's like, well then there's no social game anymore. Like the fun right. is there are no rules. Like the rules are the rules of the game. Everything you say at the table is just—it could be lies. It yeah. could be emotional appeals from the night before. <laughs> yeah. It could be anything. Like that's the that's the fun of it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no. I mean, we've never we've never even discussed that. Like, it's sort of you, unwritten no, laws. Whatever happens. Well, the, the the rules are the social rules. Like if you say you ally with somebody. There's no rule saying you can't break it, but if you break it, there are consequences yeah, outside exactly. the rulebook, which is that like. guy's pissed off. Yeah, that's and what I like. And There's no rules. There are consequences. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, lots of consequences. Yeah, right. and 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 then knowing your friends also kind of lets you know like who you can break alliances with. You know, it's like right. I go. It's like if I do an alliance with Kessler, I know. It's only uh, for his gain at that moment, and yeah. I also know that when I betray him, it's not going to be a personal vendetta. Like, right. he's, like next game, right. he's like, he like, "I'm going to kill Matt." He's like, "Whatever, yeah. Matt just did what was most efficient." Like, yeah, yeah. right. Whereas, yeah. like with Jimmy, like if I screw him over next game, if I screw him over one night, the next night I'm like, I know Jimmy. He's just going to come at you. I know Jimmy's coming at me. Like, it's for it's a like nights. yeah, it's like I beat him with like his new deck, and then the next night we play, he's got Kiki out. And he's like looking at me, I'm like, oh, Jimmy's just like totally pissed from last night, and that changes my entire thing. It's like, okay, be nice to Jimmy, maybe he'll win this first game. Like, let him get it out, and then like, sh- you know, it's like you kind of just like, gotta play with it. You just gotta know what you know who you're gonna piss off if you break yeah. the treaty. Or not. And I think that the important thing to know too is that like when you create an alliance, it's like it's almost on you to decide when you are going to break that thing because yeah, because like, you know you're going to at the end of the day, you one ha- of you wins. You ha- yeah, exactly. At some point, the line has to be crossed. It's the Hunger Games, man. It's like at some point, your team is the only people left, and you have to turn and shoot each other. Yeah. yeah. So it's just about when do you do that? Yeah, And exactly. it's expected that's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. So I think that is the only rule, and it's a rule of the game, which is like one person wins the game. Yeah, one yeah. person, one person wins the game. You can't make an alliance where that at the end you just shake hands and you're like, we won. That's not yeah. how EDH is played. Yeah. At the end of the game, one person wins it. So yeah. whatever other alliances you want to make in the meantime is fine, but at the yeah. end of the game... One person wins. And the fun thing about EDH is that you can essentially lose, but, like, you can lose in a way that still feels like you've won. Mm-hmm. Like, you can be mm-hmm. essentially second place, and you can, like, drop, like, a 400-400 creature and kill everybody, but don't quite finish off the last guy, and you yeah. took that risk, and then they beat you, and, like, you got second or third, but you're like, whatever. Like, you know, I, I got to see something crazy happen, yeah. you know? I, and I feel like I still kind of won or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, in my, in my, I did you know, stuff. It's yeah, like I, I killed <laughs> the most people. I did something crazy. Yeah, because um, yeah, you're, you're never going to win every game of EDH. Like, yeah, well, I mean, that's why random. a lot of people do, like, points based on uh-huh. if you get rid of a player, then you get a 
a point. So you get a kill it's not necessarily or... like you're the last person standing. Or I don't. I don't mean, I don't track, love that stuff yeah, as much. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, but it's like really the big thing is like do whatever you want in your own play group. If you want to be, if you all are like crazy manipulative nutso people, you can just mess with the meta. You can <laughs> boldface lie to someone the entire game and never be honest. Like that's your choice, but it's also your friendships. Yeah, I mean, we could because like. We could totally all just like place like four of a card in the deck and nobody would know. Like, yeah, what? Well, don't cheat. <laughs> yeah. Don't nobody cheat. would know. <laughs> I mean, there's some things like in it, like like you're not allowed to give information to just one player. Like you couldn't show like mm-hmm. your hand to just one player. Yeah, you yeah. can't like you know what I mean. Like those, I think you got to stay within the rules of magic yeah. as far as information, that's concerned. Inform like what information is public and not public is like a, a legitimate and like an important rule for any sort of board game because computer games it's like. That's something that you can make. That's 100%. Yeah, you controlled. can make it so. Yeah, exactly. That's public information. That's private information. And I think that's one of the few things that kind of really decides social interactions. And, you know, usually when you read uh, board game rule books, that'll be one of those things that you, as you start reading more or playing more games, they're made very, very clear because it's like essential to the way social dynamics work. It's yeah. like you cannot share this information or you can share this information or you have to share with everybody when you do share it. Yeah, exactly. Like, like those, we, those we play are designed res- rules. We play resistance a lot. And yeah. in normal resistance which is essentially kind of like it would be broken if you could share if with you could one share, person yeah it's yeah. kind of like mafia where there's some people that are, are a part of one faction or the other and if you could just show someone else what it is and then reveal it it kind of just breaks the foundation the of broken. the game yeah so yeah, it happens and i think edh it doesn't break it in the same way but it breaks the spirit of it yeah in that like yeah, yeah. you can't you can't have that kind of alliance where like you're showing them a card in your yeah. hand and to only one player and well, not what you're doing yeah, you're exactly. essentially become the reason there, I don't think there's any rules with alliances is that there's still uncertainty. Right. You could tell mm-hmm. me, hey, I have Cryptic Command. I'm going to play it next turn against him if you play this. I have no certainty. The moment you show me the card, we've essentially become one player with a 17-card hand right. you know, right. it's, and a 200-card deck. Like, but I think you could say that and then show everybody the you Cryptic Command. You could show everybody. Yeah, again, you have everybody to show then everyone. has the same certainty. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but you can't you can't make one person 100% certain of what you have and everybody else is only 50% certain yeah, or whatever yeah. Like, yeah exactly it puts everybody at unfair advantage yeah that reminds me of when we were playing Jimmy and I was trying to get Jimmy to do something and he was like well Glenn will attack and kill me and I was like Oh, don't worry. I'll save you, Glenn. He won't be oh, able to right. do that. <laughs> and and like, then Glenn goes, "I brimstone volley you." And Jimmy looks at me. I'm like, "I can't save you from that. I can save you from his creatures." <laughs> and so Jimmy just died, and I was like, "Crap!" <laughs> I didn't mean to lie to you, but I did. Like, I know it was I like could only stop his creatures. Line. Yeah, I could stop. Yeah. yeah. Well, was, actually, that game. It's a good that we bring that up because I ran into a fundamental problem, which comes up often in EDH games, which is like you need to know how to race the race correctly. You know, because it. Sort of, I feel like a lot of EDH games and just multiplayer games follow the same format. We're all at the same level when we start, right? Mm-hmm. We'll have different opening hands, but essentially we're all at the same life total, mm-hmm. and we go around the circle. And at a certain point, people start pulling ahead, staying behind, drafting on someone else's sort of coattails mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in that game, I went out, I popped out way too fast, way too quickly, and then the attention was shifted. So, like, there's a lot of also, in terms of when you make an alliance, why you make an alliance, mm-hmm. and whether or not it places you in a position where you get more aggro or get less aggro. There was an interesting moment in that game, and it was sort of half political and half to do with the cards, and I, and I feel like I sort of misplayed it. Anyway, I'll lay out the situation. Jimmy was playing a deck, and he had a bunch of Vent Sentinels. Basically, he had a Defender deck, and he could tap the Vent Sentinels, and they could do a combined total of 10 damage mm-hmm. for 4 mana. Yeah. And so that basically, once you're there, yeah. then on somebody's end step... Before your turn, you do 10 damage, and then you untap, and you do the last 10 damage. So you could just kill somebody instantly. Yeah. So he gets to that point. He has four mana up, and it comes to my turn. I'm right after him. 
Now, I don't know who he's going to kill. There's three other players yeah. in the game. And so I'm like, who are you going to hit, Jimmy? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I have a creature that taps another creature. Mm-hmm. So I can force him to use the Vent Sentinel right now. Yeah. And so that's what I decided to do because mm-hmm. by forcing him to use one, I could see who he hit with it. And you if know, it was you me. You have information. Yeah. And if it was me, he hits with it. Then I know I have to do something like kill yeah. those things or do what I can. And it's just so I haven't had a board wipe. I had a wrath in my hand. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I tapped his vent sentinel, and, and so in response, he used it on Glenn to do five damage to Glenn. Yeah. Now, at this point, I make a huge blunder. I still wipe <laughs> the board. <laughs> oh, you should have kept me around. Yeah, because that's, that's stupid. That's exactly what you should have. It's totally then... stupid. I played it perfectly up till then because I actually had a card that forced you to show yeah. what you were going to do. Yeah. And then once you'd hit Glenn, you were sort of... You had to finish him off. Right. I, I, at that point, I was actually going, I was like, yeah. You were going to have to, yeah. And guess why I wanted to kill Glenn first? Because he's the best player at Yeah, the he's table. the pro tour guy. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but no, like an idiot, <laughs> like an idiot, I'm like, I'm just going to wipe the board. And I did. And then. You end up decking yourself. Yeah, well, you I decked up, yourself. Yeah, I was way ahead, but I didn't have a win condition. It's a long story. But anyway, <laughs> that was the seminal moment in the game because I yeah. could have let Jimmy kill Glenn. Yeah. And, and Eli, then too. wipe the board. And then I would have just been Jimmy's basically done at that point, yep. yeah. and it would have just been me and Eli, rather mm-hmm. than. Well, actually, at that point, you could have even positioned me to get rid of Eli, and then maybe. The I mean, board, it was know? really dangerous to keep you around for very long because you could just instant kill somebody. Yeah. But at the same time, like that was a political blunder because I did everything right up to finding the information right, yeah. I needed, and then I just responded wrong. Yep. So by forcing my hand, you essentially created an alliance, but you destroyed the alliance without realizing that you had made exactly, one. exactly. Because as soon as you didn't hit me with it, that was the signal. Of yeah. like, oh, you're not going to hit me with it because you have to do 20 total damage. And now you can only do 15 <laughs> to me. That'd be stupid. Yeah. But I was, you know, thinking of stupid. <laughs> I think board wipes always put you in a dangerous situation because I think the number one the number one thing, at least in our group, the number one thing people are trying to do in EDH, like even above winning, is to like have fun. Yeah. And like a board wipe is a very precarious thing where if you do this certain sort of board wipe that slows the game down. And just frustrates everybody. Like it puts the restart. Yeah. <laughs> like if you do the fun board wipe, that like everybody's like it's it's funny and like the next person like you did it and the next and the person has Avacyn and like they have everything out so now suddenly there's a big monster that everybody has to like if you do it and Jimmy's still alive with twenty creatures it's fun because everybody's like oh crap we got all killed Jimmy yeah but if you just like if you play you know destroy all lands. And we've already been playing for like an hour and a half. It's like, are you? F- oh my god! Like you're dead. Like why do you even do that? This is not fun. Like, yeah, that's actually the type of thing that will cause people to kill you for a couple games after that. Yeah, because yeah, we like, I hate, yeah, it has. I remember like one of the but first that- commander games I played. Craig, I didn't even know Craig very well. He played that destroy all lands. I'm like, I was so frustrated. I was just like. I was frustrated at the game of magic. I was like, that's not even that shouldn't be a thing. That's like that's like that's like getting two hours into a movie and then right before the ending being like rewinding to the beginning and be like, hey, rewatch everything again. It's like, I don't want to do that. Like, what's the fun of that? And I was so frustrated. I'm like, I'm gonna kill him every time because I never want that card to yep, be played again. Yep. Uh, that's you know, the great thing about EDH though, it's self-policing, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. That's why I'm like, hey, fine, destroy lands. I don't care. That's but be willing to pay the price for yeah. it. And yeah. the price will be People will hate on you for yeah, many bro, games many after games, that. Yeah. Like you can be essentially, you can be a. Dick. That's like my ultimate, like, like, like kind of logic and reasoning. You can be the dick and do like, like betray people if everybody's having fun when you do it. Like, like if you like if if it's always interesting and fun and like it keeps the game going and it makes the game interesting. People will kind of like get angry at you in the moment, but like at the end of the day, nobody's be like, "Oh, that was like, yeah, no that was gonna... a crappy game." Like that was funny. Like you know, Matt did that or Jimmy did yeah, this, and like no one's gonna hold. He it surprised everybody. You. But if you just like. If if you just do the 
move and just like destroy everybody's land like right when something's gonna happen or somebody was playing something really fun that wasn't even against you and you just countered for no reason because it, it was because like you're min maxing you're like well if he does kill josh it's gonna affect me and you just ruin <laughs> the fun play everybody's like oh, man that was that, that was that guy sucks like let's kill him like, like that wasn't fun like let's just yeah. kill him like keep everybody having a good you know time. what's funny too is that craig the reason that craig and kessler both play because kessler will attest to he's a spike in commander but yeah. not in standard or constructed mm-hmm. is because they had a friend that would routinely be that guy mm-hmm. and wreck lands and do this so in response in order to combat that they had to bring themselves to that level yeah and so that has carried on literally from like <laughs> years past to the game where your lands all got blown up like that yeah. was a direct result of a seed planted like several years back in another but see group. craig is totally the guy who like who will allow like Craig's definitely the guy who will like play inefficiently because he has some crazy idea he wants to pull off. Yeah. Right. And then like he'll do it and like he'll even do it to the point where like he does it. He's like, Well, I'm not I'm not gonna win, but I wanted to do this. And he does it and like he kills everybody but you and him or right. something, and then you win. And he's like, It was fun. Like he has like fun combos he wants to pull off. Um That's why you don't treat Craig like Kessler, even at all. though like, they yeah. have yeah, decks exactly. that are of combo. But then occasionally power. and then but occasionally smart, he'll blow up your land. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Occasionally Craig will be like, Well, they don't think I'm gonna do it, so you all die now. Like, yeah. Like he knows that because he's like that occasionally he can just pull out the I'm gonna kill everybody now well it's nice you know that like certain players have that wild card element and yeah. so you play around that as well it's like you you do it's like it's fun choosing your allies because I remember the, I forget I think it was while we were waiting in line at comic-con like because I've never taken I've never taken Craig as Kessler where like Craig would just kill me uh-huh. and there was like one we were playing like I think it was conspiracy and we were like both laughing and like the game wasn't that far along and I and and we were talking I was like oh, I'm gonna attack like I forget who we were with I'm gonna attack him and we're like all right and then with the Craig's like, Craig's like oh, okay uh, Matt you're dead do 20 damage I'm like what like, it was like it was like turn six it was like so shocking I couldn't believe it I was like how did oh, you and I'm like why are you killing me he's like I don't know I just thought it'd be funny I'm like oh my god like it was just so surprising and that's it was like the ha- perfect move to play that's the mind sculpt story man yeah. when he just milled me out and <laughs> literally died the next turn because that was and his then whole. He did it the next game too. Next that game was, the, yeah. kicker. That was once, the kicker. Once you could take, it's the second time in yeah. a row. That, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. a little tough. But you know, it's, I'm never gonna forget that, and I, that's why it's something I relish because I think it's a great I'm, story. I'm never gonna let you forget it. Yeah, like <laughs> I think. Awesome. I think there's like this switch I have when because different groups play differently, and mm-hmm. if if there's certain people playing, then it's like the my volume's turned up a little. And if there's other right. people playing, like we were playing the other night, and uh, we were playing with Eli. Eli's a little bit newer. Eli edits this podcast, by the way, mm-hmm. and um, you know he's j- just newer to the game, yeah. and so like he's attacking, and I'm actually and I, or I'm attacking, and he's blocking, and I'm actually giving him advice on how he yeah, might yeah. think about blocking because yeah. it's better for our play group. If in the well, long run, mm-hmm. if Eli yeah. continues to improve and learn more about the game, and yeah, because so, he's more competitive, and then it's more fun to play against. Exactly, you want everybody to be, yeah. you yeah. know, it at raises a certain everyone's level, level yeah. up at the same time. Too. And so, I think it's important to keep that aspect, like keep your playgroup healthy, like bring along mm-hmm. the new players, yeah. turn that volume down. Sometimes, yeah. you know, it's okay to have a varying degrees of like how competitive you are in any given time. Yeah, you know, and it's like yeah. you said, like EDH is for fun. It's for doing stuff, putting out a 400, 400 creature. Yeah, like you're gonna remember that story even if you didn't win that game. Yeah. yeah. So and what's the point of investing in a deck if you're gonna play it with people that don't want to play with you after you've like yeah. turned it up? To well, the no, max? that's a, and, and you're kind of right. It's like it's even. Um, yeah, there's there's definitely a point where. With, even within this deck, there's like you know, there's times where if I'm just playing with like you guys, I, I might be like, well, I have you know, Preferus out, but I'm not gonna. If I put him out, everybody's just gonna. They know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna put him out. He's indestructible. Once I put out people, it does 24 damage. There's been gar- there's been games where I've had him in my hand and just haven't played him, right? Because yeah. I have you know, I have some Hydra. I'm like, ah, you know, what would be more fun is trying to get this Hydra to be a 400 creature, you right? Know, something like that. But like if Kessler's in the game. 
Screw I, it. Kill everybody. I don't everybody. make a single mistake. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to play 100% efficiently, um, which is its own fun. Like, it's, So it's fun to having those those two sides of it, and I think that's kind of what's really fun about EDH is yeah. that it can be incredibly competitive. It can be very competitive, and you can play 100% to like efficiency, or it can just be like, yeah. I'm going to see what crazy thing I can do. And that's something that you, I, I suggest you guys challenge yourselves to do as well. You know, it's your it's your game. It's your play group. You know, you decide how, you know, spiky you guys want to get or how much fun you guys want to have if you want to just yeah. i mean like sometimes when we play it's just sort of an unwritten rule like that night you go into it everyone sort of has that same mentality it's like we're just gonna have fun tonight no yeah. one's gonna like no one's gonna bring out the big guns craig's not gonna bring out his turn three in well, yeah, it's like someone's like, only have like i have two decks right you know and like for a while my kelly deck you know again both of them still have fat in them but like my Kelly deck for the longest time was like really rough because like I spent like eighty dollars on like three cards and then everything else was just like what was in the white commander deck <laughs> plus like a few rares. Like it's like I had like one card combo. If I got my Kelly and Avison out, then maybe I could do it. But like you know it wasn't that good of a deck. But like I wanted to play to get used to it and then like figure out what cards to do. Yeah, exactly. But like. I either play Prost for serious or I was playing Kalia for fun, and now I'm going to try to finally make a Grand Arbiter deck. But like as you said, like Craig has like four, like twenty 30, something decks, thirty four decks, 30, thirty decks, and there's like one or two decks in there. It's like if he plays, it's like the game's over in three turns theoretically. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, and you know when he decides, and that, that's like the first social thing that happens. It's like everybody's like, they're like, okay, what's everybody playing? And like you know, it's like if I say I'm playing Prost, you're like, okay, well, Matt's going to play seriously. It's like oh, I'm going to put Kelly out, and everyone's like, oh, okay, like, and then all of a sudden Craig's pulling pulling out his new deck or something else, yeah, and whatnot, you know. And then or it's the other way around. Craig's like, I'm playing this deck. I'm like, well, I'm probably going to lose anyways, but, but I'll play Prost. Hopefully, I get. You know, you get a chance. Hopefully, I get my yeah. ultimate. Yeah, yeah exactly. Hopefully, I get an infinity combo in like four turns. Yeah, I think Jimmy. I mean, you've got your Kiki deck. I got my Jorah deck. Like, yeah, there's we, like we have the beatdown decks. Yeah, then. if somebody, yeah. if they, if it looks serious out there, I pull out that deck. Or if I've lost like four or five times in a row, I'm just tired of freaking losing. Like, yeah. I'll just pull it out. Like, you yeah. know, it just gives me the just best chance to win, and that's okay. Yeah, no. Sometimes you just gotta win. Yeah, and and actually, I'd say the more fun is when you do pull out the hard hitting decks, and everyone's like, "All right, well, I'm gonna step my game up too." Yeah. And there's also sure. nothing more fun than beating somebody who pulls out hard hitting deck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're like, "Oh yeah, I got my good deck," and then they still lose, and you're yeah, yeah. 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 You're yeah. like, "Yeah, but you can't stop a Sarah send it turn one." <laughs> like, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how good that deck is. I get my Sarah send it turn one with a uh, sort of fire, fire knife. Like, yeah, uh, it's over. Literally nothing yeah, we can that. do. Uh, yeah. yeah. That was fun. That was pretty awesome. So, Matt, do you have any uh, sort of, I don't know, I just guess tips and tricks from playing so many multiplayer games in the past? Like, what do you find is most effective in dealing with people? Do you find that sometimes the emotional route is the way to go or the logic-based yeah. route? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think we kind of talked about it, which is just, I think, at the end of the day, it's always going to depend on the play group. And, you know, I'm trying to say this without, like, insulting people, but if you're playing with a bunch of spikes who are just, like, in it for the game, not having fun, like, you know. Well, they're having fun. Let's not That's get that That's just right. how spikes have fun. Yeah. yeah. And, and to be honest. Maybe they we... have fun. I think deep down they're just sad, cynical people. But if they are having fun, <laughs> but if they are having fun, it's like, then the way to play is obviously going to be to play their game. Like, at the end of the day, it's like you're going to have to play their game. Um, it's always about, you know, you look at the group, you see what the group values the most. It's like any sort of negotiation. You always the thing you do when you're on the other side of the table with somebody is figure out what do they want and then you give it to them, right? Or you make them think you're giving it to them. So if I'm playing with you guys and it's like a night, you know, we're playing at night and like you know there's some beers out. It's like everybody here wants to have fun. That's the ultimate currency. Everybody wants to have fun, so I'm gonna play to have fun, and that's actually gonna be my best chance to win. Right? Like, yeah. 
Because right. if I can appeal to the sense of fun, if I can appeal to something adventurous and interesting, or if I can appeal to make everybody think it would be fun to team up on Jimmy because he's playing his crazy deck, <laughs> then like I yeah. have a chance to win now because that's what everybody's rooting for. But if everybody's playing, if, if, if it comes out and we're like playing for money and everybody's playing the deck, it's like, if I'm like, ah, oh, let's team up on Jimmy, it's like, no, why, why would I possibly do that? We're playing for money. All I yeah. care about is the money. So you always just need to figure out what the, what the group is into at that moment. And once you know that, then you can kind of figure out what it is. And, you know, sometimes it's more complicated than that because sometimes you have a person who's playing to win while two other people are playing for fun. Yeah. You know, so you just have to figure out what people want. Yeah. And I think actually at the end of the day, we I mean, everyone has aspects of a Spike or a Johnny or a Timmy in them. Like, oh, for sure. And people you know. turn on a dime. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Is that, Again, like that's what's fun about Craig or something. It's like there's times you're like, ah, oh, let's just have fun. And then, you know. Maybe that guy was having a bad day that day, and maybe he started off having fun, but losing three times in a row, or like having now his, he just like, wants to or crush having his everyone. infinite combo countered. Like he needs that win, you yeah. know. He he needs to go home with a win. So like that next turn, he may just be like, "Whoa, he is what's going on." Like, <laughs> he, he killed me turn four for no reason. He's coming after Jimmy next. Like yeah, yeah. You never know. I mean, I mean, that's also part of the fun. Yeah, that or that was their tactic all along, which sometimes I think Craig <laughs> does, which is just like, "Yeah, I'm just messing around," and then in the back of his head, like, yeah, because if, if it's if this in his is how head, the first really... three games he's just playing for fun. He doesn't feel like he lost. Yeah. If he's like, I'm just going to mess around these first three ones, and then I'm going to murder everybody game four. <laughs> if he loses three games and wins game four, he won everything. Like, in, yeah. his, in his head, it's like that was his plan, was just to mess around for three turns, get everybody feeling safe, and then bring out his deck and murder everybody. It's like, and fun. Like, I had a good time tonight. That's what he wanted to do. Yeah. We all had a good time at that point. <laughs> yeah. Depending. If my plan was to win the last game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If your plan was the same, then you're pissed. You're like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think these questions, like, it's one of the most frequently asked questions about EDH is sort of like the baseline of the question is like, how do I make my play group play how I want to play? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, that's not how it works. That's not it's how it just works. like the yeah. game of EDH. Like, you have to interact socially with everybody and get people on the same page. And, you know, maybe there's a little bit of manipulation to get them to where you want them to be, but yeah. you can't, through like creating rules, yeah. you can't solve that problem. That's yeah. It's not going to work. It's group fun. Yeah, it's it's well. If you start making a bunch of rules, like hey, if you make an alliance with somebody, I will be like this, and if you can't play land destruction and blah 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 blah, then you're gonna end up playing with yourself. Like, yeah, you're never gonna be able to create a group of rules that like five people totally agree on and find is fun. Like, yeah, you you got to do it socially. You and and like I said, EDH is self policing. If people are doing stuff that everyone doesn't like, it's gonna correct itself because they're gonna start killing that guy first. Or you know, well, I think what's what's really happening is like. The unruliness and kind of the craziness of EDH is its strength, and to try to fix it and get it to be something that kind of police it, like to get to get it to be something that like oh like now the game rules kind of make it the way I want is you essentially destroyed EDH. It's like I always it's remember like, like you might as well just play standard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just play standard. Like yeah. the, the the EDH is fun exactly because it's so crazy and unruly. It's, it, it reminds me of like. Um, like the first NFL blitz that came out, like you could like run into, oh yeah, just tackle. you could like run into the end zone and like tear down the pole and like glitch out <laughs> and stuff. And like it was one of those things where it's like they didn't realize that like the fun of blitz was like that was just nuts. Like it wasn't Madden. And then like every year they try to refine it to make it better and better and like more polished and stuff. And there's just a point where like I was like, why am I playing blitz anymore? Like I might fun, as well just play Madden. Yeah, the fun of yeah. blitz was like when the time was called. And the game is supposed to pause. For some reason, you can still control your players, and you can just tackle people <laughs> outside the game. And then, like, all, that was all the fun of the game. And that's how I imagine with EDH. It's like 
the stuff that happens in EDH is not supposed to happen in Magic. The game was not designed for 40 life. The game was not designed for multiple people playing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, that's why you have a card like Sierra Ascendant is nonsense. Like, yeah. I still don't even know why it's not banned in EDH. Like, it just <laughs> makes no, it's like if you, if you have 30 life, like, it's because like, there are also one mana kill spells. Yeah. You know? but, again, but I mean, he's right, though. The card yeah, is right. not designed it's for not designed a format for where you yeah. start with <laughs> yeah, more life. Like, the whole point of the card is like, you'd have to gain life to yeah, turn it it's on. It's supposed yeah. to be like, it's a pretty good 1 1 drop because it's flying. The fact no, that no, it's no, flying it in one, one No, no, it's not flying until it gets until, until it, it gets. Oh, you're yeah, right, you're right. Yeah. But, again, but it's, exactly. it's still like it's like it's a cool like build around me standard card, right? Yeah. You're like, I want to get lifelink abilities so I can get over this and then make these guys go. And then I turn it on. Yeah. yeah. And now that's balanced because it's one mana. Yeah. But to to drop a one mana card with flying lifelink and six six or five five, is it a five five? I think it's six six. Is it six six? Yeah. Is insane. Yeah, it's insane. It's over again. We, we, I mean, as you've seen in that game, like if you have the right combo early, there's essentially almost nothing because lifelink's not the as as you know, like lifelink's essentially just a laying tactic. But there's also a certain point where if by turn four you have 180 life, like it's over. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it would be pretty hard to come back from that, you know. Until Craig busts out an infinite an combo, infinite, which again, that's the fun of EDH. Yeah, infinite exactly. combo can do anything. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Stop trying to balance it. Like, <clears throat> just accept the social part of it. Is the game is, is chaotic. The game is chaos. It wasn't invented by wizards. It was invented by people trying to have a good time. Yeah. You know. So, I, I think that that's a good good sort of wrapping up point. Yeah, uh, I really like what Matt said. Like, the well, things you. that you're trying to fix about the game about or what EDH make it the game. are what make EDH yeah. awesome. Yeah. And so, yeah, embrace that instead of trying to give it form. Yeah, like embrace the else. chaoticness of that of that, yeah. and and realize like that's what's making the game like different and fun in the way that it is. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I really like that. And one final note, something that I've sort of picked up playing over you know the course of however many months I've been playing now is that don't be you know we're saying all this stuff like don't piss people off or like you know just be careful how you make your alliances or who you betray or whatever. But at the end of the day, don't be afraid to win if you have the chance. I've seen this happen a few times where it's someone's like, well, you know, like I just want to keep it, you know, keep it having fun. But sometimes having fun means shuffling up and playing another game. So don't be afraid to win. Just don't win too hard. <laughs> yeah. <that's true>. Don't <laughs> win too hard too often. Too yeah. <laughs> but winning is fun. And at the end of the day, <laughs> everyone that's wants to That's, that's the real the trick of EDH is how to win <clears throat> in a manner that doesn't piss off everybody. Yeah. Make yeah. everybody want to. You know, almost how to win secretly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If you can figure out that, and you can, you can hit yeah. that sweet spot where you win, but and and you're and you've won the game, and you look around, and it doesn't feel like anybody else realized you won. Yeah. Or most of the table feels like they were about to win. Yeah. Right. And you just barely had that last thing. Yeah. And it's or like any it wasn't of them could have won. Exactly. If you can make right. everybody feel like they could have won that turn, you just happened to pull that card that moment. Okay, great. But right. it's like, no, I've or, I, knew. Or that I you had guys... that card from the beginning. I, I was going to do it. <laughs> I yeah. set up that whole sequence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Or that, that you guys is... won together because you beat the, the yeah. arch enemy at the exactly. table or whatever. Yeah. Good times, good times. All right, let's talk about Prosh. Prosh, Sky Prosh. Raider of Care. So this is a commander that... Why does that's... Prosh have two Prosh. S's in his know. name? I don't know. Prosh. It's it P-R-O-S-S-H. Prosh. Sky Raider of Care. He came in Commander 2014. He's a card built for Commander. Um, and I'll, I'll read his, his stats. He's a legendary creature dragon, a 5-5 five, five flying, and he costs... That's enough. That's all I need. <laughs> I don't need anything else. He costs uh, six good. mana total for three black, red, green. So already there, six for a 5-5 five, five is pretty solid. Flyer. But, yeah, Fire. flying, and that's when we get bonkers. Um, when you cast Prosh, put X-01 red cobalt creature tokens named Cobalts of Kerr Keep onto the battlefield, where X is the amount of mana spent to cast Prosh. 
Uh, the reason this is built for commanders is because the first time you cast him, you put six guys out. The next time when he dies, you put eight out because he costs two more. Which makes Prosh, which is one of the other reasons it's fun. It makes him one of the few commanders who you want to you die. Get, well, you get, like, the, you get it's, not, it's not really value. a punishment yeah. to have to cast him for more mana. It's one yeah. of the few commanders that's actually more powerful the more you cast him. Most of the time, it's like, oh, crap, now i got to cast Kiki for... 10 mana 10, this yeah, time, whatever, you know? Yeah. Whereas you're like, yes, I get 10 guys out. Yeah. Like, it's it's just better. Yeah. So, and his his final ability, which is one of the most important, is sacrifice an, another creature, and Prush gets plus one, plus zero till end of turn. So he's a walking sacrifice outlet as well. Yeah, sacrifice outlet, and when commander damage can kill, can win the game in 21 damage. Um, if you're a token deck, which is, you know, what my deck is and what probably right. most Prush decks are, yeah. it becomes... It becomes you can get Prosh out and then kill somebody in a turn with you know yeah, twenty one yeah. days. I mean, yeah, off the haste. top of my head, I can't think of another card that both creates tokens and sacks the tokens. There might be some. And I'm well, at least sh- not as efficiently. People are surely as going to let me know if yeah, I'm, I'm sure wrong about stuff. that. But there's, there's few, if there are any, yeah. that actually create the tokens and allow you to sacrifice the tokens. You know, yeah. that's the power I think of Prosh. That's you know, there's. It's just like you it should usually be a two need card two combo, things. but it's yeah. yeah. And one. just those combos by themselves enable so many shenanigans in the game of yep. Magic with other cards. Like usually, you need something that makes a token, something else that sacrifices it, and then another thing that does yeah. something yeah. that, that like gets an effect when all when stuff dies or whatever. Yeah. And so the fact that you can get two of those in one package, yep. And then you always have access to that package because it's your commander yep. is what makes this like yeah. he's a really really powerful. Because there's a lot of cards that are just like when a creature it essentially just becomes. There's a lot of cards like when a creature dies or goes to a graveyard, something happens. Right. Yeah. And that's a hard like that always is like you put it out, you either plan for it and you need another card for it to happen, or you put it as defense for if somebody are gonna kill your creatures. What this means though is that if you have that card, you have a card that you can cast at any time to activate that ability and activate it to a greater degree every time you play them. Yeah. Right. Like if you have a card that's like every time a creature goes to a graveyard, do two damage. It's like okay, well, great. Now you only I, I can need play whatever I want. Yeah. Like I yeah. only need Prosh. Like I don't need any other card. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas most other token decks, they can only make tokens, or they yeah. have right. a card that just sacrifice a creature and it does something, and yeah. it's like it, it makes it way like that one extra piece is a really big step that you have to go. Like any two card combo that's just when a creature goes to a graveyard, something happens, and you have Prosh. Like it's just so immensely powerful because you're gonna do that effect whenever you want, and when you do sack with Prosh. Prosh, the commander, becomes more powerful and can theoretically get to the commander damage. A flying commander damage right. to just swing and kill somebody. Yeah. Like, it's just, it, it can just get really dirty really quickly, especially if you have anger or something that gives you haste and you can do it within the same turn. Yeah. So the basic idea of Prosh is mana ramp, get him out, and let him die if he needs to, cast him again, and try to win in a single turn. Yeah. It's sort of the one thing about Prosh that keeps him a little bit in check is that you can't sack him to himself. Yeah, that right. would be absurd. Yeah, because like Matt said, you actually want him to die because you want to recast him. Because yep. when you recast him, you actually get more kobolds. Kobolds. So, you know, you still want sack outlets in the deck, and a lot yeah. of times, you know, it's it's to sack the kobolds for different effects, but it's also because you it allows you to Prosh sack Prosh, yeah, so you can recast him to make more kobolds. Yeah. Especially if somebody's going to put them put him in your deck. Also, if you want to be able to sack him, yeah, um, stop somebody from putting him in your deck. Not which to can mention, you kill your yeah, whole deck. Yeah, yeah. you don't want it. Prosh decks are very reliant yeah. on him. Yeah, uh, it's pretty hard to build a Prosh deck that is just going to be. I mean, you could, but then you might as well not use Prosh. Like Prosh, Prosh's deck is definitely like every card you have in it should essentially be like when Prosh comes out, this card wins the game. Or if Prosh <laughs> is already out, this card this card wins the yeah. game. So yeah, exactly. yeah, you cannot have Prosh go inside your deck, or you've essentially lost the game. Or you're just gonna have a lot of tokens. 
Yeah, I think there are ways to build it so you still have a chance. There's to some yeah, redundancy. Yeah, yeah but yeah. but in general, I'd say Prosh is one of those decks where like if you can deal with him yeah. specifically, then most of the deck is yeah. turned off. I mean, there are definitely yeah. still combos, you know, with even just like simple th- gar- cards like uh, Goblin. Was it the guy who does damage and any of the other token creators you have? Goblin bombardment. Yeah, and, yeah. And, like, yeah. yeah. and you're gonna have things like doubling season paralyzers. We'll talk about some stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you had a really interesting thing you said uh, before we were recording about about uh, how you sort view. of yeah your Crushes. view and how you sort of came to understand the deck. Do you want to talk about that? Oh a yeah. Bit? Well, I was just because when we did. Like I said, the first time I played Magic, we played uh, EDH, and I forget what the first deck I played was, but then I played the Prosh deck, and during that time, I hadn't played Magic, but I started, I'd been playing Netrunner, and me and Jimmy playing Race of the Galaxy, and we played a lot of Dominion, and a lot of those European games, uh, Euro games are definitely, um, you know, they're very currency-based. They're economic, they're they're kind mm-hmm. of... Um, You're, like, getting coins every turn. Or yeah, and it's, and it's very much about building your empire and building the and build, and increasing your currency, increasing your, essentially, your, your engine, your bank, to... So you can get currency faster, so you can buy the stuff that you need in order to get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, and magic's very different. Like magic, there's you know you can essentially treat a lot of things as currency. Like we've talked about cards being currency. So anytime you use a card, you can't just think of it as the effect. You have to think about that you're you're more poor the moment you play the card. Right. Um, and mana is definitely the currency, but it's different because everybody in a perfect game of magic, in, in a perfect yeah. world of magic, everybody's essentially playing a mana every turn, and the game's just ramping up altogether. So you're all equally rich right right um in theory in theory again it also doesn't work because there's there's randomness and people there's mono ramping and stuff but like prosh he was fun so i knew i wanted to play him but i didn't really understand the deck at first because i wasn't wasn't used to magic and kind of when i got interested in him is kind of when it clicked to me when it was like i had to stop thinking about the creatures like what does prosh do prosh plays these creatures but there's zero one creature so they're useless like in my mind it's like why are they there then it's like wait they don't think of them as creatures Think of them as money. Like, mm-hmm. Prosh is essentially a bank, and then it's like, okay, so what you want to do is find cards that allow you to spend your money. So if you create tokens, if you think about it as money, and it's like just becomes Dominion or Race for the Galaxy, it's like, oh, I play Prosh, I get $6. What are things I want to do with those dollars? I want to sacrifice, I want to force people to sacrifice lands. I want to cause damage. I want to make people sacrifice creatures. I want to draw more cards so I have a better chance of doing it. You know, I want more mana so I can cast, you know, a Hydra with a huge thing. And then it just becomes. And then it started making sense to me just because it was closer to kind of other games I played where I was like, oh, crap, okay, well, now I just need economy cards. Mm-hmm. I essentially need – I want burst economy where essentially I get a ton of tokens. Or I want to balance that out with you know a slow growth economy, like a card that every time a creature dies, a token comes out. Or every time a or creature dies, I get – you get one token. Exactly, or, something yeah. like that. Like those are things that then I'm just steadily getting stuff. And then it just becomes about getting cards that essentially allow me to spend the money I want to spend, um, which then just became like – which plays totally differently. Like, I play Kalia, it's about getting creatures out, about blocking. Process just become, I need stuff so I can block and just make sure people don't kill me. But at the end of the day, it's just me building my bank and getting the money so that then I can spend it all on a nuclear bomb and kill everybody. You right, know, it's like, right, that's what right. it becomes. I, it's really fascinating, and it's such a uh, really cool way to sort of come at it and to sort of retune your brain a little bit and think mm, about it yeah. in a different way. And I think that's, like, that should be a really important lesson to people listening is, like, just, like, Flipping your thought process about how you think about it, and it really mm-hmm. helped you build the deck in a certain way, yeah. which totally makes sense. Like, yeah, it's it's such a great way to think about it. I hadn't actually thought about it that way. Um, I didn't think about it till I like I like I thought about it, but like 
put saying it out loud like that then when i went back and i just started picking out cards i'm like oh i don't want this card anymore because literally these don't apply to what i was just talking about yeah yeah like this being, card isn't actually i'm like this isn't giving this me isn't money making me money so, and is not spending money yeah, yeah. So i don't like, want it yeah. i don't need it like th- yeah. it's a fine card but it just doesn't work in what my deck's doing so i don't need it anymore right yeah. um so. that's actually i think a really good uh just general commander thing which is like you know, it, when you write a, a school essay, you need to have a thesis statement. Yeah. You know, your commander decks, it can have multiple thesis statements, but usually it's going to be tied around a sort of a central idea or theme. And, like, being able to locate that and tuning your deck specifically for that is going to make, is going to give your deck that consistency. That yeah, and you've talked about, I, I've, in, in any of the podcasts I've heard you guys talk about, it, and just in, in person, it's just like, it's because you have 100 individual cards, well, you know, 60 minus lands, like the only way to essentially create any sort of consistency is to have a thesis and then create, while not the identical card, like a redundancy of cards. That's mm-hmm. why you might have like Frexian Altar and you know um, what's the other Ashnod's like, Altar. Yeah, and or like and then you know something like Food Chain, Food or Chain, food chain yeah. Altar. Like those, they're slightly different, but they all essentially do the same thing. They allow me to spend my tokens to create mana. Yeah, right. You um, so you can spend your money on mana. You can spend it on damage. You can yeah, spend it, like you said. Yeah, yeah, really cool. So let's talk about some of the cards that help you get this money uh so let's talk about abusing tokens token generation um uh, yeah that's kind of step one right is making tokens make some money so there's obviously some super easy like like ones that you essentially need in there yeah um doubling season yeah you want to read that one yeah so doubling season is if an effect would put one or more tokens onto the battlefield under your control it put twice that many of those tokens onto the battlefield instead um, and the it's same enchantment. thing. Yeah, and the same it's thing. Does it also works with count. It's the same thing with counters. Counters That's on special permanence, about. Yeah. And like counters are, I wouldn't say they're the core of my deck or anything, but because because counters often are associated with tokens, like definitely having cards that do stuff with counters is useful. Never like yeah. choose a counter a token a counter card over a token card. There's a lot of good token generators that also essentially yeah. use create, counters. Use counters. Yeah, yeah, stuff like Beastmaster Ascension and other yeah. things will read And better. also it helps for obviously for Pros because he's flying um and you know the close this closer you can the faster you can get up to that 21 part 21 damage thing the better. Like yeah. if you can if, get him there on a turn. that's how you're even trying to kill someone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Doubling season there's a there's a parallel lives has a similar effect. There's a few uh cards that do effects like that. You probably want as many of those as you can get because you know, remember, if you bring Prosh out, even for the first time, he's going to make six zero one Cobalts. If you have doubling season out, he makes 12. 12, yeah. I mean, that's twice as many. It's crazy. And again, he's and 17 if, if you he died, you know, and you're, now you're spending eight on him. Yeah. Now you're making 16 of them instead of eight. Like, it's a big difference. And there's a lot of, like, Frexian Altar and Food Chain. There's a lot of cards that give you mana for when you sacrifice. And if you have any other... And, you know, for example, Frexian Altar allows you to sacrifice a creature. So if you have Frexian Altar out in doubling season or Parallel Lives... That three card combo is an infinite combo for essentially creating infinite creatures, right? Because you sack Prosh and the creatures, you've made them double. You have enough mana from that to, to cast, cast them again. again, right? And you just keep going, and then you know you just say, you can okay, just make an arbitrary amount. Of yeah, everything. you say yeah. I, I Prosh again. We've talked about this. The danger of that is if somebody defeats you there. Your Prosh now costs infinite mana to cast. So <laughs> yeah, if they, if they you've kill Prosh right there. So yeah. you need to make sure that you're ready to win. You would do that if you have like Perforous out or Goblin Sharpshooter or something. So that right. they essentially yeah, exactly. can't stop it. Right. Um, another big card that you use in this deck is called Mana Echoes, which is another enchantment. Yeah. We'll, we'll find that Prosh is very heavy on enchantments. Uh, yeah. To sort of fuel the bank, essentially. Think of him as their, his uh, glorified bankers. Uh, mana- well, because what do you need? You need mana to continuously recrust. 
Prosh. Yeah. You don't actually need a ton of stuff that makes tokens on its own because you have access to Prosh. Prosh is the best token generator you could have. There's not many things that allow you to cast X number of tokens. Right. You're not going to be usually sitting there going, well, I really wish I had something that made tokens. Because yeah. you do. You have your general. Yeah. So you're, you're, what you really need is the mana to cast him so that yeah. he can make the tokens. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's like, it's. Even like a Hydra, like I forget the name of the Hydra that casts, you know, X. It's always going to be like Genesis Hydra. three mana X. Like you will never get anything that is X tokens other than Prosh. Like right. straight up, how much you cast them is how many tokens you get. Yeah, like, exactly. You can't get better than that. Do you want to read mana echoes? I'm yeah, sorry, sure. I cut you off. So, yeah, no, that's all right. So it's a uh, four four mantle, two and two red. Uh, whenever a creature comes into play, you may add one colorless to your mana pool for each creature you control that shares a creature type with it. Yeah. So if you get six guys in, I think the math works. That it's just you get thirty six mana. Yeah, it's, it's just six insane. times six. And um, that is a time where actually you may not because that won't be an infinite. You may not even want to colorless. You may colorless, not even want right. to cast Prosh, but then you use that. That's why I will have a few hydras or a few X damage. You know, yeah, like X a damage. Somebody, yeah, it's like, yeah, you play that with Prosh. Your first, you can play that the first time you play Prosh, right? Yeah, and you have enough damage to you kill make somebody. Seventy-two mana, and then yeah. you kill somebody. somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like it's over. Two yeah, people. Like yeah. we were talking about rolling earthquake last last episode. Mm, yeah, on the top red cards. What was that new? There's that new rare that I was talking about. That I don't know why it's not it's expensive because it's definitely going to become super common in modern. The it's it's the Frater's new lightning. Claws. Yeah, claws. It's just X. It's X. Rolling two, two earthquake damage. though hits all players. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, obviously so, for a commander, that's so you more just powerful. go boom, yeah. boom. Yeah, guess Kill what, you guys? All. Hey, the ground shaking. Wait, does rolling earthquake apply to you also? Does it hurt you? Each creature, and without hor- oh, that's right. Actually, it does hit yourself as well. Yeah, but yeah. So if you're number one, if you're first. In life, you can use it and kill everybody. Yeah. Um, or you can just be like, I kill everybody, including myself. And again, as we just talked about, yeah, that would be hilarious. Um, yeah. A lot of times, too. Or you... for some reason, you have horsemanship. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> not going to happen. A lot yeah. of times, though, you have something like Goblin Bombardment out. Uh, we yeah. talked about it last episode, which is you can sacrifice a creature and it deals one damage to target creature or player. Yeah, which is absurd. So you can just do 39 to everybody, sacrifice four creatures, do one to yep. everybody yeah. else, and, and you're at one, everybody is dead. Like, you can find those last couple points of damage. Yeah, you're in red. Yeah, hard. Yeah. yeah. So Rolling Earthquake, really good because of the amount of mana you can generate so quickly. With yeah, that just came out of Annihilation, so I'm definitely dropping that card yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, before, like, a couple months ago, the thing was nearly impossible to get because yeah. it was Portal Three Kingdoms. And now, like, it's from the Vault of Annihilation, yeah. you can find it really easy and... From the Vault of Annihilation is it's pretty much selling at MSRP right now. Which yeah, is great. I got it for they forty-five sh- bucks. They should have called it From the Vault Commander, as far as I yeah, know. it's yeah, totally it for Commander players. If you haven't gone and checked it out, um, I would definitely look at getting that because yeah. board wipes are just such a pillar of the format. And, and our good friend Gavin yeah, like, Bear, so, hey, there's like it. three cards I'm putting in Prosh, and there's two I'm putting in Kalia. Like, yeah, yeah, it's too good. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, Gavin Gavin Bear, hey, our our buddy. Uh, Designed it, so thank you, Gavin. Awesome. Yeah, all commander great. players should be thanking you. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, and what's fun is like, I mean, yeah, there's what's the one that's just like straight up destroy all creatures, wrath, wrath of god, um, yeah. wrath of god. But yeah. like, all what was fun is like all the other ones, like a lot of them have like just fun effects. Like, yeah. again, the one I really like is the X damage, and then you put out that many one one creatures, and it's more than five, you destroy all the other creatures. Yeah, and yeah. that's just fun because it's like you you do board wipe, but you get I a bunch of one one, and then yeah. there are ways to make that more powerful. Like we talked about, if you have another card I use. If you have coat of arms out when you do that, yeah, then Marshall, it's like you have Marshall you have coup. five or six 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 five five creatures out after you board wipe. That's a pretty good position to be in. I would say that of the times I lose to the Prosh deck, which is fairly often because <laughs> you play it and I, Eli plays <laughs> yeah. it. Um, 
Coat of arms is probably the most common scenario for mm-hmm. the win condition. Do you want to read it? Yeah, coat of arms is, is devastating if you get it out. Each creature gets plus one, plus one for each other creature on the battlefield that shares at least one creature type with it. So if what that have... essentially means is if you have this out and you put Prosh out, instead of six zero, zero ones, you have six six sevens. Right. Which is devastating. <laughs> and if you have anger or anything that gives, or, or hammer, um, a perforos yeah. perforos hammer that gives you, your guys haste, Somebody's dead that turn. Like you, almost a lot certainly. of times, you kill everybody. Like I've seen yeah. it happen yeah. where you play Prosh for about twelve. Yeah. Now they're all twelve, thirteens. Yeah, it's like and there's twelve of it. them, and you go, well, I'll attack each of you with four of them. Yeah, you know, and everybody just dead. Yeah, yep. yeah, and and that's a perfect the, one where you can do. And again, what's great about that is you can absolutely do a board wipe, and it then, won't destroy yeah. the artifact. Do a board wipe, play your artifact. You play Prosh. Everybody essentially has no creatures. They don't have enough blockers out. Everybody gets one turn. To, to try, even it. if you don't have haste now, everybody gets one turn. Either they have a board wipe, or they're just all they're doing is trying to get enough blockers out, or begging you not to kill them, and then <laughs> it becomes a social part of the game. Yeah. Where it's like, all right, Matt, I'm gonna do this to make sure that he can't block you. It's like <laughs> enjoy it. Like everybody's dead next turn, essentially. Yeah, Matt. One card that I think uh, you you might want to p- potentially consider putting in. I found it today. It's called Fury Stoke Giant. It's oh, a, uh, yeah, uh, Eli was showing me that one. Uh, read it again. Yeah, it's a 3 and 2 red for a 3-3 three, three creature. Uh, when Fury Stoke Giant comes into play, other creatures you control gain. Tap this. This creature deals 2 damage to target creature or player until end of turn. And it has persist, so when he dies, he comes back and you get to do it again. Yeah, so you can <laughs> tap creatures to do damage, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's another. That's actually a recent one that I started, a, a recent thing I started realizing that I should do with them. And I, I is find something that gives all your stuff tap abilities. Yeah, because you can tap them even though mm. they have summoning sickness, right? Uh, depends um, on the uh, card. Depends it depends on the, on the card, card yeah. but yeah. But the, the one that... you're thinking about, I think you were looking for, is called Earthcraft. Yep, there we go. Yeah, yeah. and this one, it, it's an enchantment. It costs one and a green, and it says tap an untapped creature you control, untap target basic land. So it basically yeah. turns all your dudes into, like, voyaging satyrs. Yeah, which and there's a lot of times with, with Prosh, you're usually using all your mana mm-hmm. with Prosh because you're... Yeah. You essentially romped, you've ramped your mana with the amount of times you cast Prosh. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes, anything that can give you the ability to get mana instantly after you've cast Prosh, yeah. you want that. Because usually, when you cast Prosh, it's like you need that one other card. There's two things that happen. You have one other card to win the game. Right. And either you have to somehow survive the next turn. Or you have to play it right or now. Or you have to play it right yeah. now. And the yeah. only well, way the you can play it right now Earthcraft, is doing mana wins. Yeah, the thing about Earthcraft is there's two types of cards that give tap abilities. And if they say... Target creature gains this ability, tap it and do X. That means you can't do it, it if you have summoning sickness. sickness. But if, it yeah. just but if the card it. says tap and untap creature you control, then that's like a downside of the card kind of. And so yeah. it's like yeah. the, the enchantment Earthcraft is tapping is tapping the creature. Right. Not to mention like with a project, you don't give a crap if your creatures are tapped. Well, that's but, exactly so right. That's the, like that's not. So like, if you think about money, it's just making your money more efficient because. Use it you twice. Put, exactly. Yeah. Anything you so then that becomes the next level of the prosh deck is like at, like at first like oh I got creatures I want to use them and sacrifice them so I can get prosh strong and then it's like wait not only that I should use it so that when I sacrifice creatures other stuff happens yeah then you get to the next level it's like wait I want to get it so that I can do something with them before I even sacrifice so them. now I bring so them like, in tap them for something then sacrifice yeah it's them for like I bring else. them in yeah and that does something when creatures appear or when they die then I'm going to tap them to give me mana let me draw cards whatever it is then I'm going to sack them and do damage with something and make pro strong like yeah it's all about if you can get your little zero one to- it's about essentially making these little zero one tokens it's great as- too doing as many things as possible because the art for the kobolds of Karaki 
Keep is just this miserable painting. Of yeah, and I think like, there's something just really funny about that where it's like, in, in a way, it's like you look at the cards like, oh, he puts out zero one guys. Like, yeah, that's what are they stupid. Like, they, they, you put out the weakest things you could possibly put in the game. You essentially put these zero one blockers. Like, but if you can find ways to tap them, sacrifice them, yeah. and have cards that do things when things are going to the graveyard, there's nothing better than if you put out, and then if you have the best card, which is Prophoros uh, out, it's. Oh, yeah, you they get... come in, damage happens, yeah. tap them, you do something, sacrifice them, something happens, and process drawing, it's like that one thing, you know, five things happen from right. just the token coming I mean, out. normally, yeah. let's be honest, with Perforos out, you don't have to do any of the rest of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, exactly. it's just over. Let me read Perforos real quick. <laughs> oh, crap, this one's in Korean. Okay, let me just remember what Perforos says. He's three and a red. He is a legendary, indestructible he's a god, enchantment so he's hard to get god. Rid of. He's a 6-5. That doesn't I'll, matter at all. Test, Actually, yeah. the only text that matter is that... When a creature enters the battlefield under your control, do two damage to each opponent. To yep. each opponent. Each opponent. So, so that becomes just you save that that's just when it's become so devastating to be a few turns into commander if anybody's done damage to you. It's like you put Prosh out, and bare minimum you're doing twelve damage to everybody. Everyone. And it becomes yeah. super I mean, again, you have doubling season out. 24 damage right away. And, again, it's not hard. You have Goblin out. You have anything that does any other damage with it. It just becomes pretty much – I mean, I, I know it. Every time I put it out, you guys just, like, sigh because unless you can get rid of it within a turn or two, you're pretty much lost. Yeah, because we're all I put it out because If you're playing Prosh and Perforos hits the table on your side, like, you're pretty much going to win the next turn. You have to because everybody's going turn, to attack you. And yeah, you'd exactly. better. Yeah, yeah because everybody's like, well, I, we're all dead. And, yeah, that's what you do. You play him when it's time that – Guaranteed, I and mean, preferably you play him where that turn you'll win. Yeah. yeah, you play him, you play Prosh, you have something that doubles it, or you have something that also is doing damage when those creatures die. Like, again, if you have that, or if you have that, and what's the guy that anytime a creature dies, he does damage? Blood Artist of it, yeah. It's like something like that when he comes out, it's you know, it's yeah. just devastating. Yes, uh, there's another great card like Sadistic Hypnotist, which is also important, or cards that. Because sometimes if someone counters Prosh, you're just left with the tokens. Because it's not yeah. when Prosh enters the battlefield, it's when you cast him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you won't have Prosh, you're like, darn it, I don't have a sacrifice outlet. So it's important for the sect to have the redundancy in sacrifice outlets mm-hmm. on creatures and artifacts. Like Sadistic Hypnotist, you can sacrifice a creature, target player discards two cards. <laughs> like, Whoa, wait, me. I don't have that card. What oh, you that? Don't? It's, it's an uncommon, it's from... Uh, Dude, I'm, it's that sounds devastating Dual decks, yeah. And you can only do they it... They discard two cards? Yeah, you can only do it when you would cast a sorcery, but it's going to be your matter. turn anyway. Yeah, no, you could do it yeah, with, one, on with one cast of Prosh, you could make the entire table discard 12 cards across everyone's So you'd have... Dude, I'm so happy right now. What is that card called? <laughs> Sadistic Hypnotist. No, I'm not happy. This is gonna <laughs> that's be, an incredible card. Suck when it happens that, to yeah, me. that sounds terrible. Thanks a lot, Jimmy. That's like, that's like uh, almost that's what the I'm worst. Here for, guys. Making everybody discard all their cards is devastating. Yeah. I'd rather just die. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like... Because that's one of the things that definitely... Uh, there's a lot of your guys' decks that's like... Because it's hard to get card like the best like you get skull clamp and a few others that give you card draw. Yeah. But like again, Prosh is I wouldn't say he's a one trick pony, but like you kind of essentially it's about getting your you essentially have to set up the ability to do a big burst of damage, right? right. Yeah. There's not they're not countering. You're not doing anything tricky. You're not like doing sh- stuff like that. But like you know, I forget the the deck of yours that was like every time you essentially are bouncing and untapping creatures Rude. and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Like. Being able to make you discard your cards would literally be the most powerful thing to me. Like yeah, I need cause... to do that because because <laughs> there's a good there's about ninety percent chance that when I'm going to play the thing to kill you, you have the counter for it. You're gonna make me bounce pros. You're gonna make me bounce like right. But you just get disappear. rid of all the cards out of their hand. Yeah, they, it's like yeah, got nothing yeah. to counter. Very, very yeah. few decks are able like uh, Glenn's like dredge deck might be able to make use of that. Yeah. yeah, but honestly, yeah, that's a very powerful ability. I think too like. 
this deck needs more sack outlets than your normal uh, token deck, and it can afford them right. because yeah. it doesn't need as many token generators. But you also, like I said, you want to be able to sack Prosh yeah. yourself because yeah. there's going to be these turns where you play him and then you make a bunch of tokens, and then it's like like if Perforos is out, and you're just thinking, man, if I could just kill him and recast him, I'll just win. Yeah. Yep. But you need a way to kill him. Yep. You know, and yeah. so that's why Carl's well, it's like, also it's useful, and when we talk about diplomacy, like. Again, you want to cast Prosh as much as possible. At the same time, if you're setting up that big play, like let's say you, you know you have Prosh out and you're going to essentially do, you know you're going to do like 18 damage. Nobody's quite at 18 damage. Mm-hmm. You want another sack outlet so that maybe you use Goblin Sharpshooter just to hit everybody like six times. Get and don't down use, with don't use Prosh that turn because everybody's not going to attack you. You're not playing your nuclear bomb yet. Right. Everybody thinks like, oh, he doesn't have anything else out, so he's just doing this. So that then it's like, okay, good. I got everybody where I need to. Now I can play... Not my most powerful Prosh to turn, but just enough to kill everybody. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, sack out. And it's, again, since essentially all your cards are based off Prosh, which is a sack outlet, if you have another sack outlet, it just means that you're more likely to be able to use your yeah. abilities without you can having also, Prosh out. You can also sack in response to someone trying to, like, Chaos Warp and put them back in your deck yep. or something. Yeah, so exactly. We are talking about that. The sack. best way to get rid of Prosh, best way to be a Prosh deck is to get Prosh in the deck. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, tuck him. So okay. you, you want a sack outlet to stop people from doing that. Yeah, and a, a great card that I also saw is uh, one that gets you growth from it. So like Disciple of Bolas, when he enters the battlefield, you sacrifice another creature. You gain X life and draw X cards where X is the creature's power. Mm-hmm. So you could change something up where you're sacking all his little dudes to to Prosh or whatever. Well, they need something huge... right because their power is zero. No, no, no. What I'm saying, you can make Prosh mm-hmm. huge, play Disciple of Bolas, oh, and, and then, then have Prosh swing at someone and then play it and, and then, then kill Prosh and, and you gain cards you know, 17 whatever. cards. Yeah. 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 So as long as you can find like like it's just like you're in this crazy like contraption where you have all these different levers. You're like Inspector Gadget, yeah. and all your guys you want them to be able to do the different things. Whether it's a killing a creature, killing players, getting rid of threats, um, getting rid of like artifacts or enchantments or whatever. And the more effectiveness you can use out of all of them, the more toolbox you can make your deck, the stronger it is. Yeah, you're really not. It, it, and it's one of the things that you kept like when I was playing. Josh, you keep reiterating. It's got to the point where it's like I have these strong creatures, but it's like other than maybe one or two hydras that are like really fun to. If you're going to have the big mana, like suddenly you have mana echoes and you're going to have like 40 mana, it can be fun to play one of those guys and that can win the game. Like, Prosh, you're really not playing creatures. Like, and it just becomes a kind of a totally different game. You're not playing creatures and you're not playing counters. You're really just trying to get the engine going that when mm-hmm. Prosh is played, it's dead. Because you have all the blockers you need. You don't need to play creatures for blockers. You just put out guys that are, and your and your commander's flying. So even if you need a flying blocker, you'll essentially and always you want him one. to die. And you want him to die. Yeah, you so you totally to are cool with blocking with him. So there's really no reason for creatures, and you're not going to counter because you don't. It's not worth the redundancy. You don't want to lose any redundancy in your deck of just damage when tokens come out, hurting people when tokens come out. It's spending your money, like you yeah, said. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to create all these things where like now my currency is not actually. I can't spend it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like now I need to keep it out here because it's whatever, or I need to spend it to counter a thing. It's like yeah. I want every card I have in my Prosh deck to essentially create money and then allow me to use it to kill you. Right. Um, let's talk about some cards you may not think of. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Like what? <laughs> <laughs> well, one I've got, and it's fairly new, is the Hooded Hydra. Yeah. Oh, is that the, the new Hydra? Yeah, that's yeah. from Cons. It's a mythic. Um it costs... I'll read it out. Please read it for me, Jimmy. How much does it, how much does it cost? But the Hydra is X green green for a zero zero yeah. 
creature, and he enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. And when he which could be doubled if you've got doubling season exactly. out. Mm-hmm. And when he dies, you put a one one green snake creature token on the battlefield for each plus one plus one counter yes. on it. So which could be doubled if you have doubling season out. Exactly. So That's the could, thing with doubling season out; it doubles twice. Yeah. yeah. So you could pay five uh, five X in this case, and you'd be a five five with five plus one plus one counters on it. He would die, or no, they would come become in, come in as ten. If you had and doubling then season, when yep. he yep. dies, they come in as twenty. Right, that's pretty intense. Yeah, and and that's just and that's just a modest amount. Yeah, exactly. For yeah, for the frost deck can make uh, it can sort of burst, make a ton of mana too. So like we were talking about, if mana echoes or something is out, and you make seventy two mana, you mm-hmm. can bring him out as a seventy two seventy two. If you got doubling season out, he's a one forty four one forty four, and then in when he dies, you know th- they have to kill that thing. Yeah, it's a seventy two seventy two. Yeah, and it's when they do wipe the board or something, then you know you get a. Uh, 288 tokens or whatever, depending on if you've got Parallel Lives out or something else. Like, yeah, he just works with the other cards you've already got going. And then you've got all these tokens, and a lot of times if you have 288 tokens, you can just win. Yeah. Because if you have Goblin Bombardment out, you just sack them all and do one damage to everybody, 288 damage total, like you can kill the whole table. Or if you have Perforos out, you can sack your own Hooded Hydra and make 288 dudes come in and everybody takes... For five hundred sixty-six, seventy-eight-six. So that that brings me to that brings me to another card that like five hundred seventy-six. We do it. Am I right? Am day. I right? Two eighty-eight plus two eighty-eight. Five hundred seventy-six. Correct. One right. of the cards that Asians I never through. thought would be like the most powerful, but I've won with it a surprisingly number of times. Which also gets to Prosh is essentially the most consistent sack outlet you could ever have. Because right. Yeah. Yeah, are there how many other command like uh, even other commanders that usually have sacrifice? It's like uh, Jared or whoever. Jared, yeah, yeah, it costs mana. Yeah, it's like mana. there are not many that you can just instantly do. So things, so cards that are like controlling other people's player, uh, other players' uh, cards become even more powerful because you're always gonna be able to, you're gonna be able to use their cards and then sack them. Yeah, and and then if you're gonna do mana to essentially create powerful creatures, a card that ends up being incredibly powerful is Stalking Vengeance, which is whenever another creature you control dies. It deals damage equal to its power to target player. Oh, yeah. So there's gotten a point where, like, I've had. There's one game where I had. Um, I forget the Hydra that's just like. Oh, the Hydra that doubles every turn. Um, uh, the counter. It starts with X gen- number of counters and it doubles every turn. Colonian. Colonian. And then, of course, Hydra, you have yeah. doubling season. It's From absurd. M14. Yeah. Yeah. And, if, and I've, uh, there's a game where I had him. He was frozen. <laughs> Somebody detained him. Um, but he's still. <laughs> but then at some point, it's like you can kill him. Or if he dies, eventually they detain him. Then they get to the point, it's like, okay, we're going to kill him now. And it's like, okay, well, stalking this guy's out. It's like, or I sack him. And all of a sudden. If you kill him, you all die. Yeah, you all yeah, die. Yeah. So, or again, it's like you get, you just get enough people that's like, they can't, then they can't kill your people either because if they kill them, they essentially have to attack stalking vengeance because otherwise anything yeah, they, they do they is to just going to kill them. Yeah, they have to get that we talked about a card last week. We've talked about it a few times on the show. It's sort of one of those flagship EDH cards, Insurrection. Um, yeah, which is insane. which is steal everybody's creatures yeah. and then you yeah. get them until end of turn. Especially if you and have then you have to give outlets. them back at end of turn. Um, but Prosh, counter, is, your general is a sack outlet, yeah. so it's 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 more powerful even than it would normally be. Unless like, they countered, you've won the game. Like most of the time, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a way, but it's yeah. it would be incredibly hard. Even if somebody sacrifices their creatures, unless, like, if you're playing a four-person game, five-person game, you're going to get enough creatures to essentially hit everybody, you know? Yeah. And it's true. I mean, I, there's decks that have ghostly prisons, yeah, and they've yeah. got crawl space, and, or they've got, like, no creatures at all. Like, yeah. it's not always going to win, but it's incredibly powerful yeah. in this deck, because even if not, 
you you still take all their stuff and kill it because you sack it to Prosh. Yeah. So if that's the worst case scenario, is like I kill all creatures on the battlefield except mine. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you can't attack with them, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I would play a card that says for eight mana, take everyone's creatures, kill them. Yeah. That'd be fine. Be yeah, pretty that good. Be, Man, that's not bad. Not well, bad. that would it would be a board. It would be a board. One sided board. One sided board. Yeah, yeah. rare. Like it'd yeah. be like kill everybody. Everybody else's creature. Yeah. Like, well, that's and then that, and then the, and then you well, get, there are cards like that. In Garrick's Wake, does that right. kill all creatures and planeswalkers you don't control? But in Garrick's Wake, doesn't also have the clause. And sometimes just win the game. And sometimes yeah. just <laughs> also attack with them before you. Because do it. insurrection. Yeah, exactly. yeah. The best case scenario for insurrection is like you said. I'm free to attack everybody with all the creatures I just took and yeah. kill all of yeah. you. So. And sack them for mana to Frexian. And you don't have the ability yeah. to block this. them because you have no I creatures to I took your creatures, yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. I took your blockers and I'm hitting you in the face with them now. Yeah. Like, um, the, the fun of EDH is essentially there is almost nothing except for the broken infinite combos. Everything can essentially be countered by something. And if you're playing with enough people, their decks do a crazy thing. But it it's fun to essentially get as many of those possibilities as possible. Like, yeah, I mean, Insurrection, it's it's pretty dirty. Yeah. Uh, another card I really like is Reaper of the Wilds. Uh, it's four mana total for a 4-5 creature, Gorgon. Uh, and it just, the important says is, whenever another creature dies, scry one. Mm-hmm. And I think scry is really underrated when it comes to just... just well, especially EDH, because again, EDH, as we talked about, yeah. you, have no, you have very little consistency in your deck. Um, like, anything that can make you consistent or tutoring effects or anything that can get you that card that you need to get that combo... Uh, is super important. Yeah, especially if well, you're I looking mean, for a lot of times, like card. all you need is Perforos, you're going to win, right? Yeah. So, so, so like just getting Perforos. So the sooner I have, get it, the better. And and in this deck, you're playing black, so you either just scry until you hit a tutor, or you scry until you hit Perforos himself, yeah. and then yeah. you know you can win. Yeah. It's and since you're going to sack like twenty kobolds, you're just going to scry twenty times. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty mean. Uh, let's talk about some trap cards. Some cards that maybe aren't as good in this deck. Um, this happened the other night, actually. Uh, uh, Eli and I were talking, and we had drafted, and he had pulled a Nissa, mm-hmm. and uh, Nissa World Waker from the new M15 set. She, I'm just going to paraphrase. She turns your lands one at a time into four four creatures. She untaps up to four forests, and then when you ultimate her, she turns all your lands into four forests. You're not going to ultimate her mm-hmm. very much. Oh, she's yeah. got. A, doesn't, she's only got three. Or she she's got only four. got three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she's great. She's awesome. She's awesome. So he he pulls her in the draft, yeah. and he immediately takes out his Prosh deck, and he starts going through it, figuring out what he's going to take out mm-hmm. to add her in. And I'm going... Yeah, you wouldn't put... What's she do? Yeah. What's yeah. she do that your deck needs? She's a really good card. Yeah, for sure. She's a really strong card. Yeah. But this this is something I see a lot in, in, in people making EDH decks, which is like a bunch of good cards... That's going to be fine. You know, your deck's not yeah. going to be bad, but it's not going to be really great either. Yeah. You know, you want every card to work with every other card in your deck to give yourself the best chance yeah. at, like, having the most powerful deck. And, yeah, that so, so so that to me just brought up, like, yeah, that's kind of that, well, that kind of card. Well, the thing with that is, like, if you think about, as we talk about, each token's essentially currency for Prosh. Right. It's pretty expensive currency because they were lands. Right. So, and the main thing with Prosh is to sack them to do something. Right. So you don't want to sack them. And they're and at the end of the day, them being four she doesn't fours, allow you to spend them. She can't. She doesn't. Yeah, you can't. She doesn't let you do anything with them. She just per, she just creates money. She doesn't let you do anything with the money. She just mm-hmm. creates it. Four four zero one. It's all the same. Unless again, unless talking vengeance. Whatever the token is, it's essentially the same in in a right. project. Deck. It doesn't matter if it's a hundred hundred token or a zero one token. At the end of the day, you're usually sacking it or doing something with it to do something else. So them being four fours doesn't matter. And then you're sacrificing lands to create them. So it's really expensive money for your project deck. Um, 
But as you said, it's a great card. Like, totally using other stuff. But, like, it just you, doesn't fit in. You might deck. as well just use a creature. Like, if there's a guy who just, when he dies, creates three tokens. Like, even that's better. Like, right. you put him out, you sack him to do something. He gives you then three more things to do it with. Like, that's, you know, it's a one time mm-hmm. play. You play it, and, you know, not only that, but. He also doesn't piss people off. You play her. Some people might get scared of you and go after you. True. Planeswalkers have a weird. Uh, yeah, for it doesn't matter. They don't have to be game. good. Somebody yeah. puts a planeswalker down. Like, what the hell is that? Yeah. Like, why do you play I, that? I'm gonna also, kill you, you never. You might plus him a couple times, and as soon as you get near, ultimately, everybody attacks you. Everyone attacks yeah. you. So what you're doing is you're making everybody attack you. Guaranteed at a certain yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what it is. Like all like some planeswalkers aren't great, but essentially every most planeswalkers. I mean, obviously there are some that are bad, but. The ultimates are all really good, usually. Uh-huh. So yeah. at a certain point, somebody's going to have to come after you because at a certain point, you're going to get close to that ultimate, and nobody can let that happen. So a Planeswalker is just a guaranteed I'm going to I mean, unless you're building your deck around them. Like, yeah. I think just putting a Planeswalker in your deck for a value yeah. is just generally not a great idea. Yeah, like I have and – and I've thought about taking it out, and I, and I made those. She is good. Like, I have Chandra in here. It's mostly because it was the first Planeswalker I pulled. But, uh, Wait, no, you have the cool black one. Yeah. Well, now I have the cool from, black one now, Comic-Con. so I don't want to take him out. The one that we waited in line yep. all night for. <laughs> yep. The cool, the, the thing with Chandra is that the, the two things that are useful is that she allows you to scry. Um, and she, well, even more than scry, she can essentially play the card yeah. Yeah. or you destroy it, which is totally useful. Like, it's, it's, it's card draw. Yeah. It's, yeah. And, and for Prosh, that's, that's super good. And then the one other thing it does is that it does one damage and stops blocking. Yeah, it um, from blocking. Which for. It's not the it's not the most normal win condition with Prosh, but again, you can't underestimate how easy it is to get Prosh to twenty one damage. Yeah, like it can and it's happen. Like they've only got instantly. one flyer. So and yeah, they, exactly. yeah, and and the fact that it's flying. If it, if it, she wasn't flying, it wouldn't be useful. But if it since it's flying, most people have one or two flyers out to block you. So yeah. if you have the ability to stop them from blocking you, I mean, it's again definitely have won the game by multiple times by just having Prosh swing for twenty one and. That's the same reason to have. Um, I forget. There's another card I have that. Um, oh, it's one of the dragons. That also does tokens, but then it also you can spend one mana to attack oh, yeah. one damage and, and then stop it. it from blocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like totally a valid way to win with Prosh. Was that yeah. Forge Stoker? Yeah, yeah it's Forge Stoker. Yeah. I have that in my Kalia deck to ensure yeah. that she does not get murdered when yep. she attacks. That's totally useful <laughs> worked out for Kalia deck. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean that's the thing, but you're right. Like it's a great card, and it's some. But yeah, like you kind of have to weigh. Like, is that card really gonna be the more effective than something like shared animosity, which makes yeah. other guys slightly bigger or whatever? You and know? that's the other way into compare. It's like there are. I guarantee you, and I'm sure if people are do this sort of thing and respond to it, I'm sure there are things that do things that Chandra does that are probably better. But because it's EDH. Chandra's a cool card. I, I like her. It's a planeswalker. Yeah. I don't have many Plus other planeswalkers. She's planes all walker. black. Like she's all black and cool. And if you do get the end, and if you do get her ultimate, it's essentially, I've only had, I've used her ultimate twice. Both times I've used her ultimate, I've won the game. Like, it's, <laughs> you will win, like, yeah, obviously yeah. you may not, but if you, with your prospect, you will win the game. Like, if you pull your 10, if you pull 10 cards and you can do something three times, it's you'll win. You'll win. Yeah, you're gonna do. Sweet. You're gonna do something. That you only just need to insurrection one time, dude. Don't know what you're talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's talk about stuff that when is a good to combat this deck. So when you're playing mm-hmm. Prosh, like, what do people do when you're like, ah, oh, crap? Um, I'll... kill your enchantments. Yeah, that's that's what it is. It's like, it's it's tough because you're not playing creatures, and you're not. So in some ways, you're not the threat in that you're not attacking people, and you're also not interacting with the board. But you are building. You are. You do start looking big in a different way. Like mm-hmm. in order, it, the the hard part about Prosh is you have to kind of do 
all the things to win the game as quickly as possible because you will become the priority. Like, you're, not, you're right. Everybody may only have, like, three or four kill enchantment cards in their deck, but if you put out doubling season, that is the card. That and people will – yeah. people not only that, but if you if when I play Prosh, I see you guys not use – I see you guys not kill other people's enchantments, <laughs> even though they're really strong enchantments. Because if doubling season comes out, I win the game if you right. guys don't kill it. Like, right. yeah. if I put it out, that means next turn something crazy is going to yeah, happen. I, yeah, because very it's, it's very rarely can I put out doubling season and everything I need unless we're like it's on expensive. Turn, unless we're yeah. on like turn twenty, mm-hmm. like unless it's like a long game of EDH. So I put out doubling season, and all I do is just hope that I did it at a time where you guys don't have a kill enchantment or something else is more powerful out there. Because yeah. if I put out doubling season, it means next turn. I'm, you win. I win. Unless, yeah. again, obviously unless there's always counters counter, or whatever. But right, it's, right, it's, right. it's set up to win. So, yeah. And the thing is, most of the cards in your Prosh deck that win the game are clearly identifiable. You're going to win the game. So, Well, because Prosh Coat of is, Arms, yeah. Doubling Season, yeah. like Perforos, Goblin, uh, Sharpshooter. Like These Double are all things bar, that when yeah. they're out there. Um, you have to play them prior to playing uh, Prosh because yeah. they don't work otherwise. And so everybody can see Prosh because he's your general. So it's hard to obfuscate the move, right? Yeah. yeah. You're going to play out one of these things, and then we know the next step is Prosh. I can, I'm can i looking at him. He's in your yeah. command zone. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's the that's sort of the tricky part to playing him is finding yeah, those spots where, like, I think I'm going to, if I play doubling season now, it, it won't get killed. Yeah. And that can be mean, like, looking at a time when, oh, those two guys are really going at each other. Yeah. So they're not even going to have time to turn around and kill this, and that leaves me, you know, in a good spot right yeah. now to play it. So it's kind of that's that's the real art to playing and, this deck. And the idea is that obviously you the idea is that you have enough redundancy that, you know, you play doubling season, they kill it. Well, good. You know, you play you play parallel lives next turn. Mm-hmm. Or you play something and they, they use, you know, a board wipe. Well, you have coat of arms. Like the idea is that you want to essentially essentially outpace their ability to destroy you, but it doesn't always happen. You just got to stick one, too, so it's like, yeah, yeah. you just got to stick season. one. Okay, coat of arms. But because okay, that's the way us. you play it. <laughs> that one stayed, boom. But because that's the way you play it, you don't really have the ability. The hard thing with process is you don't really have the ability to really stop other people from winning, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. if well, you're not if you break deck. my engine, I'm not going anywhere, and I don't have any way to stop you. Like, there's other, like, you got, like, you know, if you play your bounce card or something, like, I can screw you up, but, like, you still have the ability to stall the game. You can, you can essentially protect yourself, and, like, you have creatures and block. Like, for me, it's like, if you, if my plan was doubling season and Perforos, and you kill doubling season, and then you're, like, I'm never going to get enough out, it's like, I, it's very hard for me to come back. Like, it's uh-huh. the engine's well, broken, unless I pull the other set, but by then, you guys could win, you know. So right. it's 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 why Perforos is the key card in the deck and the the most powerful card in the deck is because it's indestructible and yeah, it's yeah. super hard to get rid of. So you can usually just play it out the turn before you're going to win. Yeah, and not you you're usually Perforos is going to live that yeah. one rotation of the table because they have to have specifically exile enchantment. Yeah, yeah. which just there isn't much. They may have one or two yeah. in their deck, but to there's just a low chance they have it in their hand. Yeah, now, and they would literally only put it in there probably for Destroy enchantment, a Tons lot more prevalent. Of, yeah. Yeah. yeah, or destroy permanent, a lot more prevalent. Yeah. But they need exile, permanent, or exile enchantment. Which I think in. I had a card in here originally, and I might, looking at the cards I'm looking at getting rid of, there are cards that protect enchantments, and it, mm-hmm. may, be, it may be worth it. But again, it's like, if that's the... The key of the Prosh deck is that you, almost every card you have, you want it to essentially do double. You want to do multiple things. Right. Um, so it's hard to just have a card to protect your doubling season because you're essentially trying to set up a three-card combo I mean, I, now. I would put in something like Regrowth or mm-hmm. something that gets something back from your graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, for cheap because that's that can get back doubling season or it can get back something, you know, yeah. coat of arms or it can be, yeah. get back something like that. So that would be sort of like almost like a tutor. Yeah, Another thing I think that when I'm playing against Prosh is like I'm always holding a board wipe and preferably yeah. an instant board wipe. Yeah. Um, because it's just like you just don't have a lot of time to answer it when it's going to go off. Like if if it if everything lands, like <laughs> yeah. you're going to die. Yeah, yeah, unless you board wipe it. Yeah, and sometimes if Goblin Bombardment's out, you might still lose. But if mm-hmm. it's gonna, it's, if it's the coat of arms plan, yeah. then a board wipe can save you. Yeah, you know, if it's a Perforos plan, board wipe won't help you necessarily. But you know, the board wipe still. It, it it hurts a lot of what the deck's trying to do. The, again, the 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 big thing, as you said, the ultimate weakness of the Prosh deck is that you know the deck almost certainly the deck. I mean, unless you just decide to make a strong black, green, red deck, like the deck is based around Prosh, which yeah. is a direct weakness. Like whether it's countering him when he comes out and it's the wrong time, and like yeah, you get those guys out, but sometimes you need it. So most of the time, when you put him out, Prosh is your sack outlet. Right. right. Yeah. Or you put him inside the deck, you're essentially screwed. Like. Because there's definitely yeah, been times Tuck where effects is another way I definitely. Yeah, yeah. Although you're in black, you know, you and can you're in green. Yeah, yeah, you can always do it. But yeah. the thing with EDH is that you get to a point where it's always kind of like who's going to get their win condition first. Mm-hmm. It's a race. So yeah. if you st- if you stall and stopping Prost by just countering something is not the hardest thing. So if you stall me that turn or you stop, you know, you get rid of the one like. It'll probably be two or three turns before my next one, right. and by then it's like most of the time. Most of the time, if somebody stopped my 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 big play, because process again, it's a kind of like an engine. You're kind of building to that moment, and it's usually the moment. And if you stop that moment, it's you know I have to hope that the next two cards are like the next kind of engine. Like most of the time, you, right. most of the time you beat me by destroying my engine, which means I have to rebuild it. Like you destroyed Dublin. Yeah, and if you if you delay somebody four turns in EDH, uh, is, you're, you're probably gonna, somebody else is going to win. <laughs> somebody else is going to win. Yeah, yeah especially at that point. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, this is a this is a volatile deck. It's a very hard one to beat if you're not prepared for it. Um, especially if you're not, if you don't know what's what's coming, it's very easy to just lose in the flash to it. So I really like Prosh. I think I think he's one of the best designed commander cards as a commander. Yeah, because he um, definitely has weaknesses. He's got weaknesses. But he's, what it is that he wins in the fun way? Because again, the first time I saw him was that Craig played him. Yeah. And like I'd only played Magic like it was the same night, so it was like two rounds, and like that being my first game because I was like. Wait, Magic always has like ninety-five creatures coming out. <laughs> like it was just like it was just like I was seeing. I was like, how does that happen? Like that guy's just pulling so much stuff out. That yeah, it's it's volatile and it's exciting and it 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 you know it definitely plays big and fun and you you never win in a boring way. Is kind of what's cool. Like maybe Profros is the most because it's like, hey guys, you all got damage. But most of the time, it's like ninety-six dudes come out and I sack them all and damage happens and yeah, you exactly. all lose all your cards or something and it's it's cool. Um, and it's fast. Like, for me, like, a lot of the, like, you have that one deck, like, I guess my ultimate thing is, like, I just don't like slow EDH games. It's like, you have that one game that, like, again, it's that deck that's just all bouncing. It's just, it's a slow, it's, <laughs> it's a about slow value. death. It's about yeah. incremental value. Yeah. Incremental it's value, like, yeah. It's like, you're going to win it's 100%, Josh but it's going to take himself. you 20 turns because you're just going to slowly stall anybody from doing everything while you just slowly search for those six creatures that will kill <laughs> while all your cards are just bouncing and stopping everybody from doing every single thing in their thing. And it's like, uh, whereas for me, it's like, I'm going to beat you turn six or you won. <laughs> you know, it's like, and it's like, it's like to me, like that's, that's fun. It, again, it, it means that, yeah. you know, there are definitely probably more consistent decks than him. Well, he's, um, I, I classify Prosh under the glass cannon archetype. 
Yeah. Sort of like Animara were. I think you can build him though. There are so many sacrifice outlets out there. Oh, yeah. And and even oh, I'm sure even, can, I'm even sure going through more your deck, better ones. No, even going through your deck, there's ones that destroy enchantments and destroy creatures and yeah. whatever. And so you can use your currency to do the things you need to. Yeah, we talked about win conditions, but again, since we were talking about currency, like I make sure I have stuff that can destroy artifacts, destroy enchantments. You can uh, draw cards. Draw cards, yeah, exactly. destroy lands. Destroy creatures. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're so there's a toolbox a- aspect toolbox. to it. Yeah, so so I think that's you know something that's underrated about the Prosh deck is it does have answers to a lot of the yeah. stuff. Um, you know, because you're using your currency, you're using your cobalts to yeah. pay to a sack outlet to have a diverse amount of effects. Yeah. So you do have some ability to control the board a little bit. Yeah. And and yeah, there's that one the Quagmire or whatever guy. It's like it's it's one block black mountain. Maybe it's one black mountain, one colorless. Sacrifice a creature, destroy enchantment. Like yeah, that's really powerful. Pro- yep. Like destroying multiple enchantments in a turn is pretty rare and hard. So it's like yeah, exactly. You you and because well, and you don't want I, and you don't want to sacrifice good creatures. So just to be able to sacrifice a zero one guy and do like three of them to destroy like three enchantments on a table. Like, that's killer. Like, that's about as good as it can be. Well, and one of the best cards against this deck, and any deck that relies super heavily on their commander, is Nevermore, which is an enchantment that says, name a card and it can't be played. Yeah, or Meddling Mage. Yeah, Meddling Mage, I think, is weaker because it's a creature. creature, And the the deck has a lot of ways. Most decks have a lot of ways to deal with creatures. creatures, But a lot of decks just only have a few ways to deal with killing enchantments. So you want to make sure to put those in there because if anybody plays a Nevermore on you, yeah, I've never seen Evermore played on me. If I did, I'd we don't be play it much in our group. I have it only in a couple of mean mm-hmm. decks that are trying to win really hard. But Nevermore yeah. can. Yeah. Prosh is the type of deck that Nevermore totally shuts off. Now the Chromat yeah. deck we talked about, like uh, a couple episodes ago, Does it doesn't care. Either. You can play as many Nevermores as you want. Like yeah. it doesn't care about that. But this is one of those decks that like it needs its commander really bad. Yeah. And so that that's the type of thing. So you need to make sure that in that deck you have ways to kill enchantments and deal with cards yeah. like that. So. Yep. Um, Anyway, okay, really cool. Yeah. So uh, um, let's talk about how you guys can win this week's contest. We got a new contest. Swag. Yeah. Okay, this one, yeah, you're going to have to do some stuff. Yeah. So to enter this week's contest, you guys are going to have to do a little bit of legwork. We want you to record yourselves and send us a recording of you asking us sort of your burning question about EDH or Commander. It can have to do with playing the game, the politics, choosing a commander about cards, anything really. Uh, whatever is burning in your mind, you need to get the answer for it. Uh, Just try to ask your question in 12 seconds or less. Yeah, exactly. Uh, record it on your, your iPhone, your phone, your mm-hmm. computer, however. Email it to uh, commandcast at rocketjump.com. And if we choose your question, you will be the winner. Win big prizes, big money, big money. Can I do it? Can I send a video in? Uh, it was a. See, so you didn't. You weren't listening to the dude's story. It was only audio. Yeah, oh. but you can send the video, and we'll yeah. we'll watch it. Okay. <laughs> I want to try to win. <laughs> you can win packs. You can win playmats. You can win yeah. Funko Pop doll things yeah and definitely we guarantee you that you're gonna have a much better chance winning this even more than the comments last week i mean i I don't i don't see us getting more than like 50 entries so like we'll see they keep surprising me that's true you guys do surprise us plus you get to hear yourself on the air if we pick you yeah it'd be very sweet yeah so that's how you enter the next contest just send us those uh before we usually record on thursday nights so from the tuesday that this comes out you guys have two days to do it uh-oh. Uh, go fast. Go fast. That's right. Uh, so we'll also be tweeting all this stuff as well. So make sure you follow us at CommandCast on Twitter. And uh, Matt, where can we find you on the internet? 
Uh, I'm at Matt L Arnold on nice. Twitter, and uh, you you have no a... Instagram or <laughs> anything else. I think it's just Matt L Arnold. If you guys want it, Matt... or is it Matthew L Arnold? It's Matt L Arnold. Okay, thank you. <laughs> That's, that shows you how Jimmy put... knows his Twitter account better than he knows yep, his Twitter. Yeah. Account. I always forget. But yeah, those like names get stuck in my head. Like I can name off a bunch of like random cards from cons. Just it's like the new phone twice. number. You 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 know your friends' Twitter handles now. Yeah. Well, I would I would know everyone's full names in college because every time you emailed someone, they would show their oh, phone. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll yeah. know these like weird, yeah, just <laughs> random things get stuck in my head. Anyway, yeah. So Matt is the awesome co-founder, co-creator, co-director of uh, Rocket Jump and VGHS. Video game high school. Yeah, go check it out. Go check uh, it out. Episode one from season three should be out there. Uh, all the episodes are available on iTunes as well if you want to buy them all at Vimeo. once. And Definitely Vimeo. Vimeo. Definitely Vimeo. As of this recording, it should be on iTunes, but... It may not be in time. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's all available on Vimeo right now. Just fourteen ninety nine. All six episodes. Blank. Maybe on iTunes. Wait, well, you can watch or... the whole season right now? Yeah, it's all available. Oh, my God. Stop listening. Go watch it right <laughs> Go now. Watch Stop it. listening. Right now. We're just going to close up and play music, and that's it. Anyway, yeah. there's nothing exciting left to say. <laughs> Go watch it right now. Please, we beg of you. You will enjoy it, I promise. Thanks, I would, Matt. I would say goodbye, but nobody's still listening. They're all watching. Nobody's listening anymore. They're all having a great time right now. They're all watching right now. Thanks, Matt. Thank See you, you guys next time. Guys. Yep. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.